who will survive. Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. CM Punk. Brock Lesnar. The Streak. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to week four of March. It's the final part in our 2019 Road to WrestleMania series of The Streak. WrestleMania, baby, woo! (laughs) (laughs) It's it's staple now, come on. Scarlet, are we done? I'm just channeling my inner big show. There will be no more woos after this. I've probably got the same. Like I say, I've probably got the same wrestling talents as Big Show. To be fair, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is of course the Lost Art of Wrestling. I am, of course, your host Coxie, joined once again by the baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man in podcasting entertainment. Science all delivered. Your boy and mine. He is formerly a dazzler. It's Billy the Boy Bunkle. And an Undertaker bacon to you too. Under turkey bacon. <laughs> How are we doing? I'm all right. And the other voice you can hear giggling in the background. <laughs> he is a man who is half a man. Half a man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul the fat guy, Flinders. Yeah, who's attempting to lose weight. Funny enough, um, I have a tux to fit into, hence why I've um, recently bought a uh, what um, I put on Facebook as a cosplay for Roman Reigns, <laughs> a weight vest. Don't know why that fits in, but hey ho, because you've got you could, you could be fat and I have feelings. He's not wrong, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to this podcast actually, because yeah, do you have a lot to say about it tonight? Um, I've had a look at my notes, and the notes say yes, yes, I do. 
<laughs> Uncle, do you have a lot to say about these events tonight? Oh yes. <laughs> now I am. I'll be. I'm going to be full disclosure here. I um, I was quite prompt with my um, viewing of this when we, we when we set ourselves this challenge of watching the streak and obviously covering it. Um, I was quite, like I say, I was quite prompt watching these. So it's been a while since I've actually watched these matches. So I'm kind of relying on you two, <laughs> but I do have my notes here in front of me. So it's just like my short set. Well, for the first match anyway, I'm going to be a little bit struggling. But after that, it's like I started watching wrestling like full time from WrestleMania 26 time onward. So I can draw from memory as well as what I've watched here as well. So if that makes sense. But I, I have, as, as you have all seen my notes already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's filtering through the shit <laughs> to get to the meat. Well, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> without further ado, then. Because I know David Anderson hates us talking about just random shite like this. Yeah, this is true. So how your week? How's your week been, Coxie? <laughs> Completely off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Beautiful. So we're going to take you all the way back, first of all, to the 5th of April 2009, for WrestleMania 25. It's The Undertaker versus The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Absolutely. And I put the first line of my notes is the Shawn Michaels saga starts now. Uh, you mean that uh, you travel them up to no way out there? Well, sort of, yes, because that's uh, where the start of the build comes from. Um, oh. it's sort of, it's like we do have a promo package for this because obviously we're, I'm only watching it from the mania. I've not gone back and, well, we all haven't gone back and watched it from no way out. But, um, there's a very, very religious overtone to this to this uh, feud, shall we say. Oh, there's more to it than that. I'm going off the full like uh, stipulation that it was Shawn Michaels v JBL at No Way Out. With the stipulation, if JBL won, he would have become the owner of Shawn Michaels' name and likeness. Oh, yes, this rings a bell. And uh, so then, on the... An episode of Raw in February, uh, Michaels challenged JBL to a match, with the winner getting challenged The Undertaker at WrestleMania to end the streak again. And uh, Vladimir Kozlov, who everyone doesn't remember. We do. Uncle's shaking his head like, nope. Stereotypical Russian guy. I just, I, I do, I do remember who Vladimir Kozlov is, but I just remember thinking, "Wow, you suck." Yeah, he was. Um, I'll be honest with you, I quite enjoyed him when he was alongside um, uh, Santino, but other than that, he was utterly forgettable. So um, it ends up with a tag match. With uh, Taker and Michaels against JBL and Kozlov. Of course, Taker and Michaels got the win. And 
But after the match, Michaels attacked The Undertaker, leading to this match at WrestleMania. Oh, fair enough. Feud. Yeah, basically straight up insta feud. Uh, uh, to be fair, that's that's not. How, I, I didn't watch the promo package before the match because I was watching this on my lunch break on my phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once I, once I once I'd found the entrance, I was quite pleased. <laughs> I was about to say like you're there watching it, just going, "Come on, come on! I've got half an hour." Um. I, I, Yes, I only took half an hour lunches to to review both Shawn Michaels matches. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be fair, the first thing I've written is uh, Michael's entrance is glorious. Yes, and, it's, it's, it's very it's very it's very rude, isn't it? Well, I. I I almost didn't mean it in like the in the Bobby Roode type of way because Bobby Roode could learn a thing or two um, <laughs> if he watched this. Uh, Shawn Michaels coming down from the rafters. Well, I say the rafters. He's on a podium. Uh, it seems in all white. Yeah, like, like he's Jesus. Absolutely brilliant. As as uh, Jerry King is quoted to say on commentary at one point, we have the whiteness. Versus the darkness. Yeah. Yes, which is cool because sure, it's like it's like a role reversal sort of thing. So you got like I said, like I said in the promo and stuff like that, it was very very religious overtones where Shawn Michaels has basically presented himself as like the pure sort of like angelic sort of character. I was uh, questioning myself whether lightness was a word or not. Hmm. Mm. It's not. I thought I was right. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm like ninety-nine percent sure lightness isn't a word. But why he couldn't just say the light versus the dark? Mm. Yeah. Oh, and of course, don't forget Michael Cole pipes up with, "Is this symbolic?" Yes, you can't. Yeah, just don't, don't just pull just pull your punches there, Uncle. What? <laughs> he needs telling. <laughs> How Vince doesn't get on the mic and just get him told, I do not know. But just oh, just, going, just, just shout it, shout down the microphone, going, Michael, what? You're a cunt. To be fair, from I was listening to something else over there. Apparently, uh, Vince McMahon does do that. He can oh. he berates them while they are on live TV and will absolutely tear them a new arsehole, apparently. I think it was uh, Mick Foley who said that. Mick Foley refuses to do commentary because of the way Vince McMahon spoke to him while he was doing commentary. Fantastic. There's, um... There is actually a video somewhere of, uh... Well, like an alternative audio of uh like Michael Cole on commentary. You can only hear like Mark, the Michael Cole side of things. But it is it's um like you hear him say, Yeah, yes sir. okay, sir, okay. So do you want me to really want to say like I've said it a shitload of times tonight and then you see him like go quiet and Yes sir. Okay sir. Sorry sir, yes sir. He's like but I've already said it a shitload of times like 
Yeah. Like, getting like a right bollocking from Vince on the like that. He'd already plugged the Lee app or the Nonus GM or whatever it was at the time. So. It's one of them. Vince McMahon likes it being done a certain way, and Michael Cole has been there long enough to. He should probably know how Vince wants it done. So if he fucks up, I wouldn't be shocked if Vince completely tore him down. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, Taker came out with basically his standard entrance. I didn't, I didn't remember any druids or anything. It was kind of the smoke and... Druids would have helped this, this entrance, but then the problem... It would have done. entrance is so long already. Yeah. What I, what I took from this is obviously you've got... It's, it's sort of like a contradiction when it comes to the entrances and the themes of the characters. Because you've got Shawn Michaels, who's acting all heelish and things like that, who's coming descending from the heaven. Whereas you've got Taker, who's acting sort of like, in a way, the face, but obviously Taker doesn't act like he's a tweener in general. And he's coming from hell, sort of thing, because he comes from underneath the stage, he comes from the ground up. Whereas Shawn Michaels is coming from the sky down, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. It does. The only issue I have at this at this at the minute is if they were going to go for this theme where obviously the light and the dark, where it contradicts itself is when Shawn Michael changes his feet because when he comes down from the ring dressed up from the sky dressed all in white on that lift that sort of thing, he has like yeah. sort of like this sort of angelic sort of music coming down, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden. He changes into, obviously, his ring gear, his chaps and this, that, the other. He's in his chaps and what have you. And he just plays his regular entrance entrance music where he's a sexy boy, which is kind of in contrast to what he's trying to portray as his character is for the match. For me, what would have made sense is if he had the gimmick all the way to the ring, have the music playing, or maybe not have his entrance music as per normal. And then just obviously it all falls apart when he's in the middle of the match, sort of in the gimmick, sort of thing. Well, but, yeah, I'm picking holes, but that's well for me it would have worked better for me personally. Would, that would have worked better if he'd gone with like the the druid entrance or whatever, like taking on the yeah, it's yeah, like, absolutely. It's like the year at Mania when Trips comes out to was it uh... King of Kings. There's King of Kings when he comes out, and it, yeah. in, it cuts into the game. But then there's another one where he came out one year, and he had the sledgehammer, and he launches it like a javelin at like the, a big like glass. It was like Mania 33 or 32. Right, I uh, can't remember what it was, but yeah. And then that after he does that, I think it launches into the game. Right. Uh, I think. I think it, it might have been. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah. Mm. So. But that's the thing, though. Triple H has two entrance themes, doesn't he? So that can kind of work with that. Whereas, obviously, Shawn Michaels at this match was trying to portray himself as being, you know, holier than thou. So that's why that's what I'm trying to, like, say. I'm thinking this music that he was coming down to the ring and something angelic and what have you, if he was trying to, like, be like this false, like this prophet sort of character. It would well, have made sense to come to the ring to that rather than just coming halfway. Then, like, say, right now I'm a sexy boy. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. The problem is they didn't like 
the whole like him being an angel and coming down to fight Taker, they didn't really establish anything like that during the build up, it seems. And I can't remember because I was watching at the time and I can't remember any of that. So like I I, I like the idea of them of him doing that for the match, but you hadn't built anything, you know, up to say that his character is changing and he's doing it for this reason. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still doing it just because he wants to end the streak, basically, and he thinks he can end the streak. Um, you know, it, he is Mr. WrestleMania, after all. Yeah, this is it. So, you know, but um, I still, I thought it, I thought, I still liked it. I understand, you know, I, I, you could have gone either way with it. I understand why they kept him with his stand, you know, they did that and then they had his standard entrance. You know, I might have, if I was fantasy booking, I probably would have booked, you know, a month in advance, have this match set up, not, you know, not doing no mercy and then building up to it. It would have already been set for then. And he could have started this turn, so to speak, to, you know, it because it, it is a heel gimmick. If you think you're uh, an angel sent from heaven to fight a dead, well, the dead man, you're a heel. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the point. day you're absolutely a heel you are the heel boo sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh but um but yeah so i you know i would have tried to build that up you know in advance just a little bit yeah i, I get that i get that but yeah jumping into the match um I thought it was quite good to start out with, you know, um, take a look for the big shot and Shawn Michaels trying to use his, you know, his speed and even like, it, there's one point where he, like he faints doing the switching music and take a kind of like backs off type of thing. It's like, I thought that was quite, that was quite a, a good opening. It was quite interesting in that it, it made switching music seem like a really big move. Like it could end it that quick and that early type of thing and you know it made sense that the bigger man the undertaker would be trying to knock him out with one punch whereas Shawn michaels was almost sticking and moving really and he was like you know little feints little you know i'm not even saying like he was trying to throw shots he was just moving in a way that made it look like he was which you don't actually, I, I haven't really seen, you don't really see that too often in wrestling. Like normally it's our well, lock up or it's, you know, one guy takes control because he's bigger and gets off the big shots. He's not too worried about getting hit. Whereas this time it made Taker seem like he was a little bit, especially from tweeting music. Yeah, he was, he was a little bit worried about that. Obviously he was in the match, he was worried about that the switch of music could come from anywhere, so it was like really looking out for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's one point you even fakes an injury to try and get the upper hand, which I quite. Which again, he's the heel. It makes perfect sense to do that. This is it. It's like he's trying everything he can to get that switch of music into end the match early. Yeah, yeah. He'd suck him in. I mean, it's good psychology. That really good psychology. Yeah. What I like to start out with, I think it, it shows through this match and also the, the follow-up match the following year. For me, it's like even though Taker's, what, a foot, foot and a half taller than Michael's, yeah. the point is Michael's 
acting like he's the, the, the little man against Taker, sort of. Like, yeah. It's not a big man, little man match. It's essentially, it's like, almost like it'd be if it was like Taker Kane again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, they're both, they're both um, considered the same sort of like credible threat to each other. Yeah, exactly. Sort of thing, yeah. Michaels has got the speed, whereas Taker's got the power. But yeah. It's, yeah. It's not playing it off like they could have done the whole lock up, push him off. Mm. They're not doing it's an alternative route, and I'm, I freaking love the psychology. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it helps that they both got really established finishing moves, which people obviously know is like, if they hit that, it's over. Yeah. Sort of thing, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you've got the Randy Orton RKO, you hit that hits, it's nine times out of ten, it's over, you got, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, know, it's, you, to be fair, with a lot of take matches, that's one thing that I have noticed and that I quite liked, um, at least until the, up until this point, in that, for the majority of them, it seems like a finish, like, not the very early ones and not the ones where, like, he's no-selling what everything they do. But as we get to the more established stars, it's like anyone hits a finishing move, it, it is the end. It's one move and it's done mm. type of thing. So, like, un- until this match. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it, get, it gets very, very roh from this point on when it comes to the finishing moves. Yeah. But you know, I, I like. I, it, but even then, the in this match, they do the psychology to make you believe that the whole time. Even the commentators, and I, me, I made a note that Jr. is on fire tonight. Yeah, he J- came out. Jr. Calling for, it, did, did he come out especially for this match, or was that another was match? Twenty-six, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but he is uh, he is excellent. Calling this match he is brilliant. And um, oh, you know, he, he he even he was selling it like, you know, Shawn, Shawn Michaels hit switching music, this is over. You know, I mean, he, and you know, they, they don't talk about the tombstone like that, but so far nobody has kicked out of it at WrestleMania. But if to be fair as well though, um, the tombstone takes a bit of setting up to do, whereas the switching music can come out of nowhere. So it yeah. makes sense to big out the fact that if he hits that, then it's over. Whereas, yeah. obviously, yeah. if you get flipped upside down for the tombstone, there is a way to counter that. There's not, once that, that super kick's, like, gone off, you you're, there's not much chance you're going to get out of the way of it. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty so much, your it, only hope is that you are already moving out of the way of it. You kind of see it coming. Exactly. So the way they, they, they can only really big up the switching music for that respect, that way. Because we've seen yeah. many a time people counter the tombstone already, but not actually kick out of it, like you say. Yeah. So when you see the tombstone going in or to undertake a signaling for the tombstone, you don't automatically think, fuck, this is it, it's all over. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, that's, it was, it was really good. It was really well done. The, the whole match was really well done, to be fair. Um, but, you know, move, as as it's going on, uh, there's a bit where um, Taker kind of gets control, you know, after like the opening exchange, and he hits old school, but tw- looks like he tweaks his knee. Yes. And Shawn Michaels is straight on it, like like a sh- shark smelling blood. And again, that's exactly how it should be. If he wasn't targeting the knees already, because you know, trying to chop the guy down, trying to you know take him off his feet, type of thing. That, you know, just him spotting it 
because it's Taker doesn't show it straight away. He kind of limps and JR notices and like, but Michaels hasn't straight away. And I can't remember if they lock up or something, but like, it, it's, it takes like a split second for Taker to then kind of sell it a little bit and you, like, they start circling each other and you can, you just, the camera focuses on Michaels looking at it like, oh yeah, okay, right. So now, I, I, you know, I know what I'm doing and he zeroes in on it. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, so he breaks out things like, I don't know if this is a regular move in his moveset, but he breaks out the figure four leg lock to go for that. Yeah, figure four, like yeah. It's when he Things starts like that. a little inverted. It's like a weird inverted figure four. Mm. Yeah. Right. But he locks it in and it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're telling the story now. Of this, of obviously, you're taking out his legs and takes out his big moves and things like that. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, even take, when Taker fights out of it, Taker fights out of the figure four, Shawn Michaels drop kick to the knee. Fucking love that. Yeah. Love that. The pit, like you have to, you have to be pretty special to actually pull that off, I would think. And, yeah. You know it, to, and to do it with like, it's like a, a move that almost has to be like pinpoint accurate, and otherwise the guy's either running over you or you've completely whiffed it. Yeah. And I just, I just love it. <laughs> I actually wrote love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a few spots here where I was like, yeah, fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice sequence going a bit further into the match where Michael just goes for another figure four leg lock, but then he's countered to the Hell's Gate. Yeah. But then gets a is, rope yeah. break, which is like, I thought, wow, that's actually, it was that it was well done the way it was. I'm yeah. trying to remember it now, but I know I've got it written down and I sort of vaguely remember it, but it's. Like so I think Michael sets tries to set him up by obviously putting set him stood over him and then obviously I think Taker just grabs him and just pulls him into the Hell's Gate. Yeah, Taker actually drops to his back. Um, yeah, because it looks like if I remember correctly, it's to avoid switching music. Basically, he goes for he goes for a choke slam, but Michaels gets out of it. Faint switching music. Taker drops to his back. And then as Michaels kind of rushes in, yeah, like he um, so he got he rushes in, goes for the figure four, but it gets reversed into the Hell's Gate, and then he yeah. gets to the ropes. But that's the first time we've seen somebody get like break it using a rope break. Yeah, um, I think that's yeah. in fact I think that's the first time we've seen anybody get out of it. So, I think it is. Yeah. I don't know if that's brought up on commentary at all. Um, I can't remember if it is. But um, at least if it is, it, I haven't written it down. But no, I just I, thought... I've noted it. Again, it was... The other thing is, that's... A, I don't say like a, a smart way to get out of the Hell's Gate, but it is for sure Michaels, in that he was not like... As we'll come to see later on, lots of people pick him up and try and slam their way out of it. But Shawn Michaels, it wouldn't be, it doesn't make sense for Shawn Michaels to try and do that, being who he is, and being yeah. the smaller guy. But fighting for that rope break, he uses his feet to grab the rope. It's not like he, you know, drags him over and gets his hand to the rope. He no, uses his feet to break it. To break it, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, th- I just thought that was again smart booking, really. Absolutely. You know, you could you, they could easily have messed that up and had him dragging Taker, you know, the the three hundred pound man who outweighs him by eighty pounds from the yeah. middle of the ring all the way across, like they have a tendency to do. And they build on that. Obviously, they, they also kind of showcase the fact they are different sizes. For example, where the Michael goes up to the top rope and tries to do a moonsault, but then Taker does what like we work with some goodie out with the Randy Orton spot where he does the fuck off spot where he just shoves Randy Orton off from the RKO. It might try say Michaels tries to do a moonsault and is just pushed away by Taker. Oh, that was the one on the outside. Yeah. Oh. It's like fuck off. The sound when Michaels hits the floor that fo- oh. just forded like Ugh! <laughs> And we're going to hear another later on. Well, it's pretty imminently because um, at that point, Taker rolls back into the ring. Ref tries to stop the match, but Taker sits up in the what sits up in the ring. So obviously, Michael stood outside the ring, and then Taker goes for the suicide dive over the top rope, which then Michaels grabs the cameraman and pulls him in front of Taker, which is the infamous spot where the cameraman was supposed to catch Taker, but then misses, yeah. leading to. Take a landing on his fucking head. Yeah, that yeah, that is sick. That yeah, and you can sick. you can see the dent in the mat where Take a landed take afterwards. It, yeah, where his head hit the mat. Yeah, it was uh, oh, it was fucking gross. But um, uh, King points out it's like you can see the dent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. But uh, the the cameraman. Uh, Formerly Deuce from Deuce and Domino, aka Sim Snooker. Yeah. He didn't like it. Got fired. <laughs> I, got I'm fired not shocked. This. You dropped The Undertaker. Of course you're getting fired, you dumbass. <laughs> After watching it back, it's like. Cause I think, did you watch it mine originally, Bunker? Did you watch it in the pub? Yes. Uh, I think. Wait. I think I watched this one at yours. I think this was this was one of the ones at yours because the first one I remember watching at the pub was the next one. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Um watching that back you can tell he's at least like a good foot away. He's if but, not more. He's miles out, isn't he? He is. Taker basically grazes him with his hands. You know, and bear in mind how far for he has to throw his hands out in front of him to try and get himself over the damn thing. Hmm. You know, so we got it more was, hot- so when you when you're describing that now, what makes that even scarier is the fact that Taker's got his arm out to try and catch uh, Deuce. So as yeah. he's coming down, his arm's not even under him to sort of They're like not. soften the blow. He like literally lands on his head. He does. That um, that's... that that we've seen life-changing injuries from less bumps than that. Yeah, lesser bumps. Yeah. Part of me, part of me thinks that Taker fucked that up a little bit because he didn't. Either Michaels and the guy were too far away, which is what it seems, and probably what I'm judging by the guy getting fired uh, is what they believe. And I'm inclined to agree, but part of me thinks <sighs> Taker need, Taken needs to understand what he is. I mean, he's a massive man. You know what I mean? That's not a move that you should do lightly. On the contrary to that, though, if you look at the direction that Shawn Michaels and Deuce are looking in, 
they can see exactly the trajectory he's going to take. They yeah. can see exactly where, what part of the ring he's running at. You can see exactly where he's about to jump. Why would you? You've got a good when he's running backwards. He's not just just runs over. He runs the opposite direction of the ring, runs the rope, bounces off the opposite side, and then runs. So he's got a good five seconds to possibly reposition himself. Yeah, the, the thing is, is that... there's no reason why he couldn't have got in front of the in front of Taker. No, I, I agree. I I mean, I, I don't blame Shawn Michaels at all, to be honest. In that, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. He's gone to where the camera guy is stood. You know what I mean? I would, uh, you know, he he has to be in position to pull this guy in front of him. You know, and that's where he needs to be. Yeah. That guy needs to position himself better to yeah. to catch Taker. He needs to know that you know they must have rehearsed it and know how far he's going to get. So he needs to know where he belongs. He needs to know where his position is. And it's um, not even researching it. I mean, aren't we? You're not even sorry, not, not, not rehearsing it. You could, you, all you need to do is look at a few past tapes of take and look at how this is how yeah. far he tends to spring out. Well, this is where he tends to do the spot. You, you realize what the arena is going to be because obviously you're not going to do that spot going towards the fucking um, announce tables. You're not going to do it on the other side. It's literally going to be where the ramp is. So it's like, well, I've got to stand sort of like square in the middle of the ramp. So um, they probably they probably walked out and gone right. Well, I'm going to do the suicide dive. I'm putting a land about here, so this is where you need to be. Yeah, they're okay. And either forgotten where he's meant to be and stood like further back, or he's gone. No, fuck this. I'm not doing it. Sort of thing. Like, or he'll be he'll be all right here. Like, but, but here's yeah. the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Would you take the fuck ton of cash to catch a big map? Yes, you would. So why? What you know what I mean? So it's like. I'm, fuck this! I'm not doing it. I would. Would you risk a WrestleMania payday for that? Yeah, yeah, I'll do his point. You'd, you'd take the big man landing on you. <laughs> Simple as. Oh yeah, you would. Um, it just is that thing of like whether it was talked about beforehand, if they rehearsed it, whatever. Like you don't know. Yeah, that's true. You don't. The only people you know are the three guys involved. And yeah. maybe yeah. Vince, but to be fair, I actually I thought it was a really, really, a really good job by Shawn Michaels to cover for that mm. in the by um, trying to get t- take a counted out. But it's not like he rushed straight into the ring and was getting the ref to count. He kind of yeah. milled around a little bit, then went in the ring, then faffed around with the ref, just giving take a time basically to recover from that because. Yeah. For all we know, he knocked himself out. You yeah, know what I mean? You, you don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, this is his whole fucking body weight went through his skull, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and he's probably knocked him. He probably, he probably didn't even know where the fuck he was for a few seconds, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's... Um, it shows the veteran that Shawn Michaels is, really, to cover in that situation. Yeah, and respect as well, because... Yeah. You know, it's like, um, shit, this guy needs a bit of time. Whereas obviously you know you've seen how he performs to someone who doesn't he doesn't respect for <coughs> Hulk Hogan t- SummerSlam. <laughs> so you know he, 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 he does he does have a history of being a cunt if he doesn't respect it. So that does show obviously there's a buttload of respect there as well. Yeah. Isn't this um, like they're what probably halfway through this match? There's still like another 15 minutes to get through. 
exactly. Exactly. Taker must have had a massive fucking migraine at this point. It's like, come on, Sean, 15 minutes left. Yeah. (laughs) Just pop pop a couple of Neurofen, it'll be fine. Yeah. I did. It kept the the drama. I was going to say, ref, stop giving out Blade like, for Blade jobs. Now just giving out no offense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the irony is it doesn't kick in until after the match. Yeah. But yeah, we 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 got the spot, like you say, obviously Shawn Michael is faffed about. They go for the 10 count spot. Yeah. Uh, Take Shawn Michael's is pissed. Yeah, so Michael's is pissed. Obviously, the frustration starts to kick in now. So, what the fuck's he got to do to beat him, yeah. sort of thing? And obviously the pace has slowed down. So that, like obviously all these matches now tend to be starts they start off at a frantic pace. But as obviously um exhaustion and obviously the storytelling accounts for the speed of the match at this point. Because obviously you're not gonna be going at a thousand mile an hour for half an hour. Um and you wanna you you wanna sell the fact that both guys have beat the living shit out of each other. You're not gonna go on ROH for shit when they're fucking doing fucking stiff shots and twenty five minutes into a match and there's still half an hour to go. You See, know, I don't think it slowed down that much to be honest. Like, I think the ne- like the next sequence that I've got written down I thought was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they have like bursts of speed. Don't get me wrong, but obviously the time before, obviously it slows down between each spot, which sells the fact that they beat the living fuck out of each other, and they're all getting, they're both getting exhausted. It's it shows shows wear and tear, if that makes sense, of the match, and how much the how willing they are to put the bodies on the line for the court for what they're fighting for. You know, if if it worked like we well, fuck it, I'm I'm, I'm I'm fucked now, I'll just take the loss and walk off. No, it's like, no, no matter how battered I am, I'm going to carry on. Sort mm. of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I say, like, well, we're getting towards the end, we are getting towards the uh, the end of the match now. Yeah, it's, it's he, fair, turns but... into, he turns into signature and finishing move central soon. It's, it's like playing Smackdown 2 all over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say, I've got so takers in at nine point seven five. Uh, Michael's goes to switch in music, which is reversed or missed, however you want to call it. Choke slam. Taker gets two. Tombstone set up. Countered. Switching music. Countered. Choke slam. Countered. Switching music connects for two. I like yep. fucking hell at this point. <laughs> Kip up. Gets goozled. Last ride. Countered. Sunset flip. Countered. Last ride. Hit for two. Hold on, wait. Wait, you said Goozled. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd explodes at this point, don't they? Absolutely explode. Yeah, I actually, I actually wrote in my notes. I was, cr- I-, I was nearly crying at work. It was that good and that close. It was just like holy shit. It was like, ooh, that's better. <laughs> it, it was just awesome. It really yeah. was. Um. And then, but here's the thing that's amazing: Taker goes to the fucking top rope. Yeah, that's it's to nail Shawn Michaels' fucking elbow drop. Yeah, you know it's which, it's insane. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you never think you'll ever you'll see, and I don't think we ever do see it again. No. <laughs> and then um, 
Shawn Michaels skin, skins the cat that's taken choice to send her outside, gets caught, tombstone for two. First time yeah. ever that anyone's kicked out of the tombstone, which yeah, said, take it was another like. I say, I've, I've written I've written down that it's a taker's face sells it brilliantly. Absolute utter disbelief. Isn't it? Which, it's, but the the face that's used in like multiple memes and everything. Yes, like. it is. Yeah, yeah, it's that face. Then obviously straps down from taker and cuts the throat. He's pissed now. He's managed to kick out of the of the of the uh, tombstone. Take a picture, Sean, up again to go for another tombstone, which then counted into possibly the greatest DDT I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fucking awesome. It was, this, this is the like, this is a great match. This end, I, I know it sounds like we're saying that oh well, this and this and this and this, but it fit the match. It make it does make perfect sense. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this match ended. I even had a smattering of this is awesome chance before the. Every match and it's not got a this is awesome chant. You know, the one that this is awesome chant actually meant something. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. But then, um, yeah, so, so I was gonna say, I've got noted. So he goes to the DDC. Yeah. Michaels gets to his feet and goes to the, the flying elbow. Yep. Pulls himself to the corner where he tunes up the switching music and connects. Yeah. Well, we get a one, two, no. Well, <laughs> JR. Good God almighty, the match continues. This classic is continuing. The world is watching a classic. And he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. Absolutely um, not wrong. Uh, I mean... Yeah, he's not He's he's not wrong by any stretch of imagination. I almost don't want him to tell me that. I don't want him to tell me that it's a classic until it actually is. But... As, I also don't want him to say it's a slobber knocker either, which is what no. he would normally go to here. It seems too cheap, really, for this match. This match is too good to be called a slobber knocker. This match it's, is this, this match is a standing ovation match. Yeah, it really That's is. What this match is. It's well, should we go for the end here? Is yeah. we've got we've got a quick exchange of blows, and there's a huge big boot by Taker. Yeah, which then is. Goes for a tombstone, which is counted into a series of chops. Yep. Take Michaels is then thrown into the corner. Taker runs in, but then runs in, into Michaels' foot. So basically, just, yeah, just runs into his foot. Michaels then sets up for the moonsault, which is then caught into the tombstone. Yeah. Which then ends the match. Fantastic spot. Yeah. What a way to finish it. And Taker gets the win in 30 minutes and 44 seconds. And it did not feel like half an hour. To quote JR, 17 and 0. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, it was fucking brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. The commentators at the end of this match were absolutely gushing over it. And they were right to do so. Absolutely. This is one of those moments where they're not gushing over it for that, even though it was shit, because they're trying to sell it to you. Right. You could tell right. they genuinely enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah. You can tell they genuinely were like, were, they were inv- as invested as the fans were, especially Jim Ross. I mean, yeah. J- Jim Ross is, when Jim Ross is, is interested and is on form, there is nobody there. I would still, I would still say that now. 
nowadays he doesn't really care. But when JR was at his peak and JR was invested in the match and the guys in the match, there is nobody better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was yeah, just it was... Fu- fucking brilliant. Yeah. I have to say, I loved this match. I loved the storytelling. I loved the psychology. It was all fucking brilliant. Yep. The finish was fucking amazing. It's up there, probably is one of my all-time favourite matches. I yeah. Have to, I mean, normally I have these little statements at the end of the... I'll be going through these matches and I normally write a little paragraph, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I think at this point I actually went out for a cigarette, even though I don't smoke. Um <laughs> I did the same. So. Yeah, it was like you you got to let that match breathe for a minute. Yeah. You know, you got to appreciate it, you know. But what, literally all I've, I've, I normally write a paragraph, two lines. That's all I've written, two lines. I literally put what to say. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> match. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm off for a fag. What to say. <laughs> Amazing match that had everything. Both guys gave that match. Everything. Fucking bravo. And that's all I wrote. Yeah, see, and a similar thing I just put, so fucking good, I nearly cried at work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was, yeah, it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, did, did anyone did anyone go less than five caskets? Is my question. <laughs> no, five no. out of five. Are you fucking mad? <laughs> um, going off the melt scale, seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it had seven caskets out of five. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's listened to the streak episodes or any of episodes and is like catching this one. If you want a match to go watch, go watch this. Yeah, this is one you don't skip. Yeah, this you is don't one. Skip this. this is one you go and search out to watch, and then the next day you watch it again, and it's still as good. And then the day after you watch it again, and it's still that fucking good. It is <laughs> to the point where I'm considering after this podcast, no matter what time this podcast finishes when we're recording it, I may go watch this again. That's a fucking good shout, actually. That's a fucking good shout. Uh, if you want, if you have a partner or you want to get somebody into wrestling, I would say sh- I-, I wouldn't. I would say show them this match. If you want yeah. to see what the pinnacle of wrestling. This is one of those matches that you would show them. You know what? I might try this with with my partner. I may actually do that. I think that's. I think we're going to set the challenge now. Um, <laughs> This is the lost art of pod, lost art of wrestling challenge to convert someone using this match, and I think it's a no, it's a it's a guarantee that you're going to make at least a few new wrestling fans if we do this. Oh, it's worth a shot. Yeah, I'm I'm going to try this, and I will get back to you how this goes. <laughs> I take it you gave it a five, Coxie. I thought you went with seven. Oh, you went with seven. He went with seven, yeah. Seven after five. Yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah. 
So it's it's a polar opposite of Gonzalez. Let's just put it that way. Polar opposite. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. What was and what is. Mm. <laughs> so all the people that are your nine just going, oh, this this should be a good match. Like <laughs> two giants in the ring, and then it's like, oh, this, the bigger man has chloroform. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, um, so, yeah. Yeah, so we shall move on next to uh, the 28th of March 2010. WrestleMania 26. But this time it's Korea versus Streak. Yes. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels 2. Yeah, and this is the first Streak match that I actually saw as it happened. So. This is the first street match where Taker has a tan. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. Um, it's also the but, first time where he's faced the same opponent in two consecutive years. It is. And it becomes sort of like a theme for the next four, the next three WrestleManias. But um, because I watched this first, this was the first streak match, to my knowledge, that I watched as live. Unfortunately, I ended up watching the Shawn Michaels matches in the wrong order. Because yeah. of it. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not the end of the world. Well, also, obviously, we had um, I was doing this thing where I was writing firsts of everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm also doing lasts because this was the last WrestleMania match for Taker as a full time roster member. Because mm. right. I, think... I, specific, I specifically remember, obviously, I started watching wrestling full time at the beginning of 2010. Yeah, I remember watching the pay-per-view, the Elimination Chamber and Royal Rumble and all that lot, and watching the SmackDowns and the Raws and things like that. Taker was still appearing regular on SmackDown and having matches on SmackDown from Royal Rumble up to WrestleMania, and it was at WrestleMania where he stopped Mm -hmm. and didn't appear. So yeah, it was this was this was the point where he stopped being a full-time member. Of the roster and became part time. Yeah. And I also well, thought that the mate that WWE at the time now may have booked themselves into a corner with this match because they had a fucking hell of a lot to live up to. <laughs> a little bit, but to be fair, they gave it a good build. I thought. Yeah. They did, like Shawn Michael says in the promo that they may have had the best match at Mania in Mania history. And I've just put in com in in brackets, he might be right. Um, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Oh yeah, I know. I know yeah, I know. I've uncle saying that. Mm. <laughs> but in the build, we had Taker. Taker wouldn't have a rematch with with um, Shawn Michaels, and uh, the only way Michaels would get him to fight him was to cost Taker the heavyweight championship at rest- Elimination Chamber, because in storyline, Elimination Chamber. Um, Oh, no, it was Royal Rumble, wasn't it? He was trying to win the Royal Rumble so he could face Taker at WrestleMania. But then, obviously, he got eliminated in the, in the Rumble. So the way, the only way he could get to Taker was to interrupt the um, Elimination Chamber match, which he came from underneath the chamber and super kicked him, which caused him to get Taker to get pinned. Ooh. So that's how it went. Obviously, um, Taker then agreed 
to take on Shawn Michaels because of obviously Michaels costed him this World Heavyweight Championship, but for what for the for 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 a, for a good stake, and that was for the it was career versus streak. Shawn Michaels had to give up his career if he lost. Um, which basically upped the stakes for both sides, which I was, you know, in the promo told that story really, really well, I thought. So, yeah. I remember watching, I watched the promo briefly, but he was sort of like skimming over it, so... So mm. I thought the I thought the, the promo did a good job. It was you know it, it was there basically to tell us that you know how <clears throat> Taker didn't want to fight Michaels because at the end of the day I've beat you already. You know yeah. what's it, what's in it for me basically. And Shawn Michaels spent a whole year obsessing about facing the Undertaker again at WrestleMania, and he was like, I made one mistake, and it cost me everything. And now I can't think about doing anything else but fa- facing you again, and I have to face you. And when somebody that when you're when you're when you feel like that, and you have all the like, it's not even aggression that's built up inside you. It's just it's just pure frustration. Yeah, frustration. It's you know it 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 makes sense the way that they booked it and the way that it made it come out. It's just a shame for me, really, that they didn't show. Sort of thinking on that. I didn't have like, this didn't show Shawn Michaels that line in bed at home. He's going, no, no, <laughs> take her, no. And he's, he's like, waking up in a cold space. Well, going, what's wrong? He's like, dreamt I lost again. Hmm. <laughs> and it's like a whole, like, who who shot Shawn Michaels? Well, <laughs> you see, the, to be fair though, if you wanted to do something like that, I mean, I also think it would have been better um, trying to mix in like a bit of like a. I would say almost like a mankind type character, mm. where you know, not necessarily we're going into his bed, he's waking up in a cold sweat, and he's afraid type of thing. But like, you know, just at, at arenas and stuff like that. Oh well, Sean's got a match. Well, we can't find him. He's not interested, and you know, he, he doesn't want to face anybody else. He just wants to face Undertaker. That's it. That's all he's bothered about doing. Nothing else. It's it doesn't matter to him, and. You know, we go around and we find him and he's in the back and he's like, you know, whether he's got like, I don't know, like a, uh, say like a cut out of taker and he, or he walks past one and he just destroys it or, Mm. you know, or he's like, you know, he's just, he's just stood around in the back, like sat in a change room, just like, and like, well, Sean, you've got a, you're booked in a match. I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm not coming. And he's just looking Though, like either just looking down, not paying attention to anybody, and he's just solely like he can't get it out of his head. The fact that one mistake, one one move cost him, as he put everything. But yeah, yeah, I still think the psychology that they put into it was good, you know. And it did. Whether they planned that, or whether they saw how good the match was and the reaction that the match got. And then for oh well we'll do it again. I don't know. I don't know if they had that plan from before they did Shawn Michaels one or they you know they came up with it later. But I just think that was. I think it's it's good booking. That's what it is. I think <laughs> credit what it where is, credit's like, due. 
Yeah, I think Michaels is planning on retiring anyway at some point around here. Anyways, he thought, you know what? You had a fucking great match with Taker. You had great chemistry, clearly. If you're going to go out, go out with a fucking bang. And go yeah. out with someone that you really, you can work with really, really well with. And yeah. I, obviously, they've had a year of build. Obviously, take Shawn Michaels like, right, I'm going to finish at this WrestleMania and I'm done. So they could obviously, like you say, they've had like a year of build almost for this match in a way, on and off. So I think this has been, pl- I think it's been pre-planned. I think they've booked two WrestleManias ahead at this point. Going from the previous WrestleMania to this WrestleMania, it was like a uh, like Lord of the Rings sort of thing. You know, you've got three films and they're going to release them each Christmas. It wouldn't surprise me if that was like, this was the long-term plan going into it. Um, because they don't, pl- they don't seem to do that anymore. No. So. But yeah, I think that, I, I personally think that's what they had in the back because Shawn Michaels was like, right, contracts up at X, X amount of time. This is when I'm leaving. This is when I'm retiring. Let's go out of a bang. I genuinely think that's what's happened. Yeah. Because obviously Shawn Michaels was always up, up there in years, even then, <clears throat> as an in-ring competitor, maybe. Um, it just so meant, yeah, to me that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, he's still got like he's still suffering with the back injury and stuff like that. You know, the the age old back injury, as JR called it in the last match. Um, but you know, like I say, if my Michaels was planning to retire, uh, you know. It made sense. It um, did. Jumping in, no big entrance for Shawn Michaels, which was disappointing. No, pretty, pretty normal, no gimmick entrance this time, but maybe it's sort of like emphasising that, right, this is the high break kid as you know him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's why they've gone with the vanilla, normal Shawn Michaels entrance, because it's like, well, it's going to be the last time you see him, so... Why not remember him the way you see him day in, day out, week in, week out? Yeah, again, I think if they'd gone down the whole preacher route, the the year-long build would have added into that for this yeah, match. Yeah, I possibly. think that would have been really quite good, you know, to, again, drag that that personality, so to speak, that persona out of Shawn Michaels to do something different with one last time type of thing. You know, yeah, that makes um, sense. You, 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 or you know, or even if you'd done it the way that they have done, and then they did it before. Oh well, we'll revert to the preacher style. You know, this preacher afterwards. So Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, as you know him, is gone. This is the new. This is the Shawn Michaels that knows he can beat the Undertaker. Yeah, you know, you've got a year to build this. Part of me, though, thinks no doubt if it was Michaels and they said to him, "Right, you're going to retire. You want you wanting to retire at WrestleMania, right? How do you want to do it? Who do you want to face?" And basically, Michaels control over. Yeah. So if he said if he wanted that sort of godlike martyr entrance or whatever, then he probably would have had that. But he probably said, "I want to want to come out as HBK and have the match done." Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It does, it does. Yeah. Speaking, like, speaking. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay. Right. 
no doubt. So there will have been a, like, a conversation with the three of them, and no doubt there will have been like, Sean, what do you want to do? Like, well, I want to do. I want to go out my terms. I want to do come out to my normal music, no gimmick other than HBK. We'll have the match, and then we'll go home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Well, um, I've noted JR's not on commentary this year. Nope. Matt fucking Stryker is, which was disappointing. I don't think he was that bad. Uh, I know you, you're 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 one of these guys that like stands for Michael Cole. I'm one of these guys that's going to stand for Matt Stryker. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, he. Yeah. He had a lot of facts and figures and things like that, and court sort of gave a sort of legitimacy in a way. Wasn't it proven that all his facts and figures were just bullshit? He pulled off the top of his head, anyway. Possibly so, yeah. But <laughs> it still it still gave it sort of like some sort of like right. I'm watching the sport. He's yeah, got facts. Yeah. He's got figures. He's got records. So. I know what you mean. So yeah, I kind of kind of dig that in a way. I'm not saying he's done. But I'm saying he's not as bad as a lot of people tend to make out, and that's my opinion. Um, when it comes to obviously we're talking about entrances and what have you just before, Taker came out some what looked like lasers. So Taker was having like an undead rave when he came out. Um, pretty average entrance for Taker at Mania, I'd say. Nothing really special in Taker's entrance either, which kind of, I guess kind of fits in because match is all about Shawn Michaels' retirement at the end of the day. So, yeah, kind of. I guess, I guess, kind of that makes sense. It's also kind of respectful as well. You don't want to go, oh wow, look at this amazing entrance by Taker when all the intentions really meant to be on uh, HBK at this moment. Problem with this card, though, if I remember rightly, it was quite a long mania as well. It yeah. was a long mania. It was also a very, very shit mania. Apart it, from this match, this was also main event, wasn't it? So it yeah. was the main event, yes. So if you're asking people to sit that for that long through it, and then yeah, coming up we've got Michael Taker, and Taker's gonna have a really long entrance. Like no, fuck it off, just have him normal entrance. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Things I noted that this is Taker coming, Taker without the hat and in the cloak that I don't like. As well, this is where the the hats for some reason there's no hat. And yeah, it's a hood, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hood. It's just, just I don't know. It just didn't have the same gravitas, so to speak. It doesn't look as impressive. You no, know, the eye roll isn't the same without that hat. No, because the reveal of because obviously he puts his hat down to hard cap. Yeah. And obviously the reveal of when his eyes are rolled to the back of his skull. Yeah. And obviously you get the lightning flash sort of thing, and. Yeah, it's not the same without the hat. I prefer the hat. Yeah, this this looked like he came out in his bathrobe. Yeah, dude, his Rocky impression. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. At least Rocky's had like a, a sponsor on the back or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is just like, yeah, this, this is my black bathrobe. It's Oops. made of towel, and oh, I like to dry myself. This year we'll get we'll get Taker come out with his black bathrobe on that he wore at this mania. It's on the back. Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, jumping in, similar start to last year really. But Taker's a little bit more fired up. He's a bit more pissed off. It seems like he's less cagey. So mm. he's straight in, like basically get 
straight in takes control, snake eyes, big boot, and old school all real early. Really early as well. Take goes for old school and obviously hits it. And again, we go for the tweak knee spot. He's forgetting Michael's uh, decides to try and piss Taker off by doing the throat slash himself. Yeah, he mimics yeah. Taker. Yeah, but um, Chokeslam gets countered and HBK goes straight for the leg, which, again, yeah. makes sense. It was sound strategy last year, so I can I can see why they've done that. Well, yeah, yeah. he said that he, he did say he only made one mistake and going for the knee wasn't the mistake. So if it yeah. broke, fix it. Well, the thing is, like, again, take a cell in the knee, we get um, HPK fainting the switching music again. So it's similar to last year, a lot of stuff that they're doing. This and, is it. Um, I, mean, I think he's also realising, obviously, he's got Taker does have a chink in his armour, and that's his knees. Yeah, well, that's it. He, when he does it, Taker kind of stumbles back, and you see him go straight to his knee, and then again, yeah. Michaels is on it, you know, straight away. Um you know, it's it's like Taker has this has that tell, so to speak, if you were playing poker and it's like, right, it's there, I'm after it. Um, yeah. You know, um, suicide dive countered, and uh, when Michaels comes in and hits a chop block to the back to the knee, which again is a move I really like because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it's something that you would actually consider doing. Yeah, he's focusing on the knee, taking the knee out, taking out these, uh, obviously, supposedly taking out the power moves, which eventually come out because he powers through, obviously, you know, it's wrestling yeah. 101. But but at the time, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Goes for, say, goes for the figure four leg lock, but then, you know, obviously, but then uh, Taker does his one fuck off spot of the year, where Sean basically gets shoved off out the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then, so Taker gets on top, Michaels gets driven into the ring post and dragged onto the apron for the uh, stereotypical guillotine leg drop. Um, taken down by Sean into the figure four again. So then Taker's selling the knee again, which one thing Taker can do if he wants to is sell at this point. Yeah, he he's is... better than I remember him being. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure in this match there's also a, a, like one of the infamous Taker grunts. It's either this match or the next match where he's like, I think it's my, my Michael's against like the post. And he runs in and goes, Bait! I might have missed that. It could be Triple H the following the following year, but he'd, there's like two or three consecutive matches where he just like does like a really random grunt like that. <laughs> I probably miss. I don't. I don't remember noting down grunts, but yeah, I'm, I I don't remember that. But I do remember the um, the, the the grunt which became a meme. Oh, that's the one. With, is that the one with Randy Orton? I can't remember. I can't remember, but I know I know which grunt he's on about. I just can't remember which match it's from. Yeah. But, hey, I thought you were referring to Clark Gable. I know the Jarrett one. <laughs> but no, um, she said, yeah. So Taker gets out of the figure four, um, punches a kick back and forth, running elbow by Shawn Michaels, and then the kip up and gets choke slammed for two. Yeah. But again, I quite. Right, I it's another one of them spots that I like. Where, like the kip up, it's 
you know, into the move. I thought it's it's quite. I don't want to say it's unique because I've seen you know stuff like that before, but it's still it's a nice little spot because you don't see it coming, type of thing. But um, yeah, chose to tombstone reversed into an ankle lock by Shawn Michaels. Did not see that coming. Yeah. yeah. King getting over on Taker's pain threshold as well, putting him over for like on this, you know, what something along. I can't remember exactly what he said, but some reason in my notes it says King puts over um, Undertaker's pain threshold. Yeah, he's talking about how like basically his foot isn't supposed to bend that way, and that any normal man wouldn't be able to take the pain. You you just yeah. have to you'd have to tap out, but because the Undertaker is the Undertaker, he has such. You know he can he can handle something like this because he can deal with the pain. He's you know he, like he's more than a man. Yeah. Which again, he's a man's man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> a man. I say it's it, to be fair. It's probably one of the best bits of commentary King's ever done. Yeah. It might be the only bit of decent commentary he's ever done. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, just to add to it, and Shawn Michaels great binds the leg as well, which yep. is a, a Kurt Angle thing to do. And but again, it just it just adds that little bit of legitimacy to it, you know. And the, it, how desperate Michaels is to win the match. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's it's brought up by the way Taker gets out of it as well, like kicking Michaels in the head. Yeah, to break it, but that's it shows that's like the like Cox was saying in the at the beginning of the last match between these two that Michaels was never like he never acted like the smaller man, so to speak. Yeah, he was never booked as like the smaller but, man. Yeah. But this is the f- this this is the first time where we've seen Taker you almost seen Taker use his size to his advantage. Mm. You know, yeah. fighting out of these submission maneuvers, like it's using his greater size to to help him yeah, and to yeah. to get him through it, which makes Michaels look even more legitimate with the submissions. Like you don't think of Shawn Michaels and think submission wrestler or a guy who's going to wear you down type of thing. You think. Of the sexy boy, you know the the flashy moves and stuff like that. So I just again I thought that was some really good storytelling to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know you could you could easily have had Taker get over to the ropes and just end it that way, but I thought this was some added a little bit to it. Um, clothesline over the top rope to the outside, and then the Asai moonsault from Michaels, which I did not see him pulling out. Nope. Uh, Caught and he gets caught and then he gets tombstoned outside. It's just holy shit moment. Been on the floor, Well, yeah, it is the second tombstone on the floor, man. But again, it was like part of me worried about this match because part of me thought all they're gonna do is try and find anywhere they can to outdo last year. So they'll just make. You know, they'll take more risks or they'll just have him, you know, they'll have them do more finishes before the end or, you know, more false finishes. But, and that particular moment is, it is last year's finish, but they made it, they made it different enough that it felt like a brand new spot. Oh, yeah. You know, it felt, it 
it didn't feel like they were taking last year and trying to improve and it. it felt like it was, it was its own bit and it was fucking great <laughs> yeah it did look good I think though with both Taker and um, Michael there probably was that expectation of it's pretty much going to be the same as last year but they've gone out and they've had produced, like, a completely different match yeah not as I think the story is not as solid in, as in compared to the year before but it's still a brilliant match oh yeah yeah what is done in that like yeah but yeah after the tombstone on the outside Taker goes for the last ride in the ring gets countered elbow drop off the top by Sean is countered but he la- the way Taker counters the elbow drop by the way if anybody wants to learn how to do a top rope elbow drop I'm looking at you fucking Bailey watch Shawn Michaels do it and jump fucking yeah. jump yeah Another thing to add, by the way, for that, mate, is that the, the, the commentary team were confused as to whether t- knee, Taker's knee buckled or yeah. Sean Cowan holding Taker's hair. Yeah, oh, with the, on the last ride. On the last ride, aye. Yeah, yeah, they did, they did mention that. Um, but again, when, they, when he does the elbow and Taker gets his knees up to block the elbow, but did, was that actually a worse idea than taking the elbow? The commentary team were like, well, he's got an injured knee. Michaels has been working the knee this whole match. And you, you know, did Michaels actually want to elbow drop the knees? Yeah. You know, to do more damage to that knee. Go on, Coach, you were going to say something. No, I was going to say, it did seem a bit daft on Taker's part to put his knees up. Right. Yeah. Take, take the, okay, take the impact, you know, to your chest. And, you know, with any look, you'll kick out because you've had your knees work the whole match. Yeah. But, you know, the the commentary sort of kind of covered for it, you know. Which I thought, for the commentary team that we had, that was actually a decent job. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But, um, but, yeah, then we get the Hell's Gate, which gets counted yeah, was... into a pin. Yeah, into a two count. And then apparently the commentary scene that no one says the God, nobody got out of the Hell's Gate before. Didn't Shawn Michaels do it last year? He got out of it, but it's like he got out of it by getting to the ropes. It's not like anybody's actually broke out of it, I think is what they were Mm. trying to say. Because to reverse it into a pin again, A, it's something we haven't seen and we never see again, at least not at WrestleMania. And though it wasn't like the perfect pin attempt, it was still... It was a Shawn Michaels way of getting out of it, which is yeah, true. Like. Yeah, true. I take I take back my criticism. It, <laughs> like when they had Chris Masters in, he did the whole like the master lock thing, and it was always the no one's ever broke out of the master lock, and of course people would get to the ropes, but then they they wouldn't count as them getting out like breaking it because they just got to the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. But, no, oh, so, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll retract my statements. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was quite good. And then we get a switch in music out of nowhere. Yeah. Through yeah. two. And it was like, again, that was one of them, like, oh, sh-. it was just, you thought you thought it could be over type of thing. Just because it was like a reaction switch in music. It was no setup, no nothing. It was like, shit, fuck. <laughs> Them's are the best switch in music, so when they come out of nowhere. Of course they are. But it was mm. just—it was just good to, you know. 
I'd love to see Michaels in like bloody CCW or something playing that off like cool. It's got got some sweet chimney music to the shit fuck music. <laughs> it's almost like for me it was almost like one of them it's like uh you well, like an alarm is going off and like the crowd is going, Oh shit, what Yeah, yeah, it was. But that that like Paul says, that's they are the best ones. Mm. You know, where you don't expect it. It's literally like holy fuck, yes. <laughs> Boom. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um but then Sean goes for it again and it gets blocked. Last ride for two. Yeah. And Michaels gets thrown outside and take, takes apart the announce table. Uh, sets up for the last ride. Blocked. Switching music again. And then Taker's on the table. Moonsault through the table. But this moonsault to me, like, the, again, the commentary team do a good job. Because it looks like he missed. Well, they say he was aiming for Taker's leg. Yeah. Which, in the story of the match, fits. Makes fucking sense. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've yeah. not decided if he missed. It's, Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's like a fucking wrestling conspiracy. Like, did he miss? Or did he mean to, did he mean to hit the leg? We will never know. Um... If he, either way, whether he did or he didn't, it's, it's still it's brilliant storytelling. Yeah. Going for the moon sort of four, Taker puts his knees up. Like, did he mean to go for the knees or did Taker mean to put the knees up? Like, yeah. Did Michaels meant to hit the knees or did he mean to? It's hit, it's, and it's he landed like. You, yeah, it's one of those. Either way, it's it it, it works. It's completely done. Right, on both men's parts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to use another cigarette after this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Sean rolls Taker back into the, uh, Taker back in the ring. Sweetie music again for two. Michael's up first. Sweetie music's missed. Choke slam by Taker. Tombstone. Two. The crowd's going fucking mental at this point. Yeah, and Taker's in disbelief. What you got to realise, that switching music that Shawn Michaels, that I've put in my notes, is quite possibly the meatiest switching music we have ever seen. Yeah. It, it was, that was a chunky switching music, let's be honest. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then... So you know, the kind of it's, this is where it slows down a lot. <laughs> oh, this is the end of the match now, isn't it? Yeah. Goes to the cut throw, but gets he stops and tells the set, "Stay down, Sean." Yeah. Then Michael does the throat slip, slit, throat and slaps Taker, which then Taker does a fucking jumping tombstone. Yeah. If anyone noticed that, and I put this as this was the and stay fucking down tombstone. Yeah, this was. Indie, I had to think of it like if it was an indie show, they'd be like, the, if when Michael slaps him, it'd be fuck you, take a yeah. big tombstone, go no fuck you, and drop him with a tombstone. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much chair or something, and <laughs> no doubt Michael like t- Michael would probably just kick out again. Mm. Yeah, but 
But um, I always, I always remember this the, the jumping suit. I don't know why. I always thought it was like a like a bigger jump than it actually was. But it was definitely sort of like an angry tombstone, if that makes sense. It's always there's like the little variations on it though. Like when Taker did Taker with like the sort of slower drop to the knees. Yeah. And when when Kane was doing it, when he still had the mask and that, it was in like it's almost like a snap tombstone where he just sort of mm. quick drop to his knees, or sometimes he'd do the jump. Um, but other times, if you watch certain, I think again, Kane does it sometimes where he goes more onto his toes and then drops to his knees. Yeah, yeah, more height. Um, but I think I know it's in like some of the Smack the older SmackDown games. There is like a, a jumping tombstone which Taker did. Yeah, and this yeah. is what this was the jumping tombstone. It, it came the way it was obviously because it was preceded by the slap and what have you in. The, Obviously, Taker's face just fucking turned. Mm. It, you could tell it was like in storyline. It was a fucking. It was a tombstone with a bit of fucking spite in the, in it as well. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was an angry get fucked tombstone. Like I say, and they, they would say this was and stay fucking down tombstone, which led obviously to the three count. Yeah, it gets taken the win in twenty three fifty nine. Yeah, absolutely. And we, 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 the closing statement would was great match again from these two. But let's be honest, Sean could wrestle a broom and have it and have it be entertaining. Sadly, it didn't get the same heights as the previous year, but that match was hard to live up to. Did love the match. Great way to go out. Yeah, that's pretty much sums up what I put as well. I just put not as good as the first, but still a good, still a good match. Um, really enjoyed it. I didn't feel like it was trying too hard as well, which was a good thing. You know, I didn't think like they were just throwing stuff in there for the sake of it. Mm. You know, which having had such a good match last year, they was a worry they might do, you know, and just start doing like crazy shit like, you know, unprotected chair shots, let's say. Garden strimmers. And, yeah, like you know tubes. what I mean? Just pulling out all like kinds, you know, but like, like, Finishing it with a tombstone on the chair, or you know something daft like that, it was still a rest. It was still okay. You had the spot, you you know, you had the tombstone outside, and you had the spot on the table outside that you didn't have last year. But I don't think, again, I don't think it was too much. No, I I, I agree. I agree. You, you have, you know, you they could quite easily have panicked thinking about how good the year before was and like I say just brought in chairs no disqualifications and like you know had like oh well it took five tombstones to pinch on Michaels and you know it got a bit silly let's put it in a steel cage yeah they did a really really good job of pulling that back you know oh let's put it in a hell in a cell this time no you don't need any of that no he didn't it was really, it was really well done. Yeah, it benefited from being just a straight up pure wrestling match. It really did benefit. It really, it, really did. It it didn't take the attention away from it from the two guys in the ring because exactly. you, you you didn't have a gimmick in the back of your mind thinking right who's going to do this, who's going to do that. It was literally who's going to knock the other person down and pin them for three. Yeah, and that's Absolutely. all it needed. That's all it needed. It's, I'm I'm guessing there was no doubt a conversation between the two of them at some point, basically saying. So how what do we do? What do you want to do that's different to last year? And they'll have played. Yeah. They might have even watched last year's match back and then just gone, 
well, we need to do this, this, and this differently. And so we'll do that. And they probably had a plan and they've gone out and done it, but then we need to make it as different as we can to last year without copying last year, in a sense. Um, but again, it's like last year, like Mania 25 was going to be impossible to beat. Like it's up there as a lot of people, including my own, it's like one of the best matches of all time. Um, you what they wouldn't have been able to do it again this year. So the only thing they can really do is change it up. Yeah. Uh, and it's again, it's brilliantly done. Again, like psychology is amazing. The storytelling ability of both is amazing. Uh, brilliant finish, and just an overall again it's a brilliant match. Can't fault it. Yeah. So yeah, I gave it. I, I if we go with the caskets, so I can say like we normally do. I'm going to go with four point five. It was up there with the best of what's been at Rainier, but it didn't. It wasn't quite as good as the year before. But like I say, four point five. You can't. You, you, you'd be you'd be an idiot to miss this match. I'm gonna go with five. I oh, give fair it a, play. I give it a four. But I st- you know, I still really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, I, I four point. I think between between four and five, I think is fair on that one. Because and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Any less than four, I think you're being harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like you can't. A match of this caliber, like you can't not. Like if someone if someone watched it and I were left someone in the room and said, "Why well, watch this match?" and they came in and went. I came in afterwards and like didn't like that. Why? It's rubbish. Didn't like it. Like, well, what what rating would you give it? And they go um, two. Yeah, at that, that point you realise are they your friend? And if they are, if I, they I, are, they're not your I friend like anymore. <laughs> Put it in the temple and go ask you again. <laughs> <laughs> what rating <laughs> did you give it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. I've given it 4.5, which is like slap bag in the middle of what you two have done. So as an average, I'm right. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the 3rd of April, 2011. The WrestleMania 27 in a no-holds-barred match. It's Triple H versus The Undertaker 2. Yes, the second Triple H. I had to think then when you said two, I was like, what? But that's what WWE does. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, this is actually the second WrestleMania match for Undertaker versus Triple H. Yes, because they wrestled each other 10 years prior on a match, on an episode, a pay per view we covered even uh, last year, WrestleMania 17. Yeah, it absolutely is. So we've covered that match twice in two years. Are we going to cover it a third time just because for fuck it? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I could just like copied and pasted up the audio from WrestleMania 17. Then if I listen to it and go, hold on. <laughs> so, a, so yeah, to this match, there's a few notes for it. For first, first off, first, it's the first Mania match and Taker as a part-timer. It's also the match that followed possibly one of the worst WrestleMania matches in history. Lawler versus Cole 
This followed that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you want to, do you want to know something even more depressing? This was the first WrestleMania match I WrestleMania I paid for. Oh dear. Yeah. And you got nearly thirty minutes of Michael Cole Lawler or whatever it was. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I paid for that shit. <laughs> I remember sat watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was not fun that match. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh god. Well, um so I've put if I remember correctly then right, the whole bill was around Triple H having done everything and the only thing left was to end the streak. That was pretty much the bill. Yeah, which kind of sucked because they ignore the fact that they ignore the match from 10 years ago. Yeah, it like, really it pisses it me happen. off. Yeah, it didn't happen. I was going to chime in originally with... Uh, so, going back to like, the end of January episode of Raw, you get those mysterious vignettes coming up. Oh, yeah, everyone thought it was Sting. Yeah, everyone thought it was Sting, and it just turned out to be Taker, who's like back after a four-month absence. Yeah. yeah. Trips comes out, and they both stare at the marquee for Mania. There's no, there's no sign pointing with these two, and they just stare at it, and everyone goes, ooh. And then look again, and everyone goes, ooh. And then... And that's it. <laughs> much. So, they announced it on the website a few days later. Um, and built in the build-up, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Gulf Triple H, they saying... He couldn't the he couldn't beat Taker, so why would you why would you be able to? Yeah. Right. Which is fair point, but then it's like, well trips, isn't it? So he's good. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, what Shawn Michaels should have actually been doing at this point is, well, you got beat when you were much younger and much better, so what makes you think you can win now? But of course, we have to ignore that. <laughs> it's so stupid when you think about it. Like The Undertaker's mystique really sells to wrestling fans who have been there for the long haul. And then you're asking them to ignore something they all probably paid to watch and telling us that it didn't happen. And that's the basis of your current storyline. Well, that's fucking stupid. Because the only people who give a shit about The Undertaker and who give a shit about Triple H are the people who saw that first fucking match and stuff before that. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really stupid. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Speaking of awful, speaking of <laughs> awful, if you watch this on the network and you do not have this on, I don't even know if it's on the DVD, if I'm really honest, I don't have the DVD. But when I watch this live, um, Triple H came out to whom the bell tolls by Metallica. Yeah. Um, if you watch this on the network, and I warned Coxie about this, um, if I remember on, in a, in a um, conversation, I didn't spoil it for him, but I just said, just be warned. Um, Triple H comes out to a complete knockoff, bastardized version of whom the bell tolls. Oh yeah, I heard it. Uh... Yeah. I full on knew they were going to do that because like when they had they did one night stand and they paid they paid for the rights to enter Sandman for that one night. 
And then yeah. when they DVD out, they was dubbed over his like shitty like WWE CW theme. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, Taker comes out to for whom the bell tolls. He says we're going yeah. to the B and M bargains version. <laughs> and then that cuts to uh, his normal theme. Yeah, but he, what we're forgetting as well is that he um, he gets a cool, fairly cool entrance with a wall of shields, and then um, Taker goes all Shao Kahn. And then he strips off, and then obviously, like you say, he's his normal entrance place. Yeah. And, you, mean, uh, you mean the Skull King entrance, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And uh, take I can't, this. Uh, I think well, it's no doubt been edited off, edited off the uh, network version. Take entrance, entrance, and fuck. Take enters to ain't no grave can hold my body down by Johnny yeah. Cash. Yeah, he does. But on the on the on the network, it's his regular intro entrance music, but there's no crowd reaction if you notice, because mm. all the sounds been edited out <laughs> in possibly the worst edit in WWE history. Now the worst edit in WWE history was every SmackDown on Sky One when they'd go for a chair shot, and it'd be on Saturday mornings at eleven o'clock. Oh yeah, shot. And they cut to that one fat guy in a white top and a baseball cap backwards, just sort of scratching his belly. Yeah. <laughs> you just hear the chair shot, and that's it. Well, I remember saying to my brother one time, I was like, "This this guy's at every bloody show." <laughs> <laughs> oh, how naive! <laughs> I was taking the piss at the time, of course. So. It's not like Brock Lesnar guy. I was like, "This guy's at every show, in the same shirt, in the same seat." <laughs> Jesus. So, um, jumping into the match, so we start off with a stare down. Uh, yeah. They back off to the corners, and Trips charges in with rights and gets shoves gets taken into the corner, but Trips just shoves him away and throws Trips to the floor. Well, we're also forgetting about JR and King are on commentary after the um, Michael Cole match. Oh, is this... So we've got the classic attitude yeah, I, era. I didn't think King was on commentary. Oh, he was. Because he lost. No, my, I, yeah, I remember this. Michael Cole is, isn't is on commentary because he... Whatever, I think, does he get stunned, stunned or something? Yeah, he gets Possibly. stone cold stunned, yeah. Right. Uh, Lawler jumps back on commentary with JR. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, Trips is on the outside, the brawl outside. Trips then gets thrown into the steps. Yeah. At which point, I believe Taker takes apart the Spanish announce table. Yeah. But while in the process, Triple H recovers and nails Taker through the coal mine. Yeah, devastated. I missed the coal mine. Yeah, if people, what people, if people are, you know, newer wrestling fans are listening to this and they don't know what the coal mine is, it was basically a perspex box, perspex box that Michael Cole used to sit in on his own doing commentary because it was sort of like a way of protecting him from from um, Jerry the King Lawler, and it was sort of gimmicked through Raw and eventually, obviously, went to WrestleMania and it was because like, obviously they were, they were calling WrestleMania were up to their match, wasn't they? I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then um, obviously the coal mine was still there, obviously, during this match. We got took apart during this match. And I don't believe we saw it ever again, did we? Unless it was on Raw the next night and it was literally... I think it, I think it was on Raw the next night, but it had loads of tape on it. Uh, to sell I, the fact I, that it had been smashed apart. To be fair, I don't remember. I know this was kind of the end of the heel Michael Cole like, gimmick, so to speak, which, other than the well, final match, I enjoyed. The only... Um, the my, Heel Michael Coles came to a sudden abrupt halt load in it because of Jerry the King Lawler's heart attack. A heart yeah. attack. I said that Jerry the King Lawler's heart attack turned Michael Cole face. Yeah. It's a shame he survived. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, what rate is this, guys? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Triple H gets back into the ring waiting for Taker. The flying Taker comes back into the ring with a flying clothesline. Eventually goes for old school, but then thrown off the top rope. Um, then Taker eventually gets clotheslined back over the top rope, and then whipped into the barricade. Yeah, there's then, a lot of the same stuff going on here. It's like in the ring, back out the ring, a little bit of brawling, back in the ring, bit of brawling, back outside the ring. It's very it's, dull stuff. I think it's up to that kind of thing like trying to remind you, like, yes, this is no holds barred. Yes, we're going to do this shit. Right. Yeah, but again, here's the thing. No holds barred means that there are no submission holds that they cannot do. It doesn't mean there are no rules. That would be no disqualifications. Yeah, in effect, it's, it is daft, really. It should just... They should have caught said no DQ rather than no holds barred. But I think they just say no holds barred just for added effect. Yeah, because it sounds better than no disqualification, doesn't it? Because so no disqualification sounds like it's describing a gimmick, whereas no holds barred is the gimmick. Let me just say no holds barred would have been like a move would be like banned or something like you. You can't like I mean, they do it with Nash in WCW of like you can, you are not allowed to do the Jackknife Power Bomb. If you do, you'll be fined X amount or whatever. Yeah, um, and then it had it led to a match where he had with someone where it's like oh. This match is no holds barred, so Nash can use the power bomb. Sort of. Yeah, thing. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just saying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, obviously we got Triple H. He strips the English announce table, taking them thrown into the table. Triple H backdrops off the table, which looked nice. Taking them slowly back into the ring. Um. Suicide dives onto Triple H and looks like it missed. Yeah. There's another one of them. Like He seems to get up but come down almost like, again, vertical back on top of his head. Yeah. It's, it's like he doesn't seem to sail horizontally. He goes up in a straight line and then down in a very similar straight line of trajectory. Yeah, it's like he jumps too high in a way. Like his trajectory sort of like is is more straight up rather than across, which it's like if you look at any of the guys who do like suicide dives and stuff like that, like like take Daniel Bryan for example, he goes through the, the second rope and the top rope, mm-hmm. and you, I mean, even the guys who do go over the top rope tend to like flip in some way. Take a dozen, he stops his momentum to jump up 
Yeah. Do you mean, yeah. And that's, so it's like he does it wrong. He needs, you know, I don't know if he's been taught wrong or what, but he should really, for a suicide dive, he should be going through between the second rope and the top rope. I understand he's a big dude, but that's kind of where he needs to be. Yeah, I was going to say, the guy is a little bit bigger than Daniel Bryan, to be fair, but like you say, I don't know. It's about safety, isn't it, really? I mean, you know, I understand he's a, you know, he is obviously, you know, a bit of an athletic freak, so to speak. But, you know, as you're getting up there, you're doing it less, you're training less, these things become harder to do. Well, why not, so why not instead do a baseball slide? Exactly. And then just go through the ropes into an axe handle or something like that. Yeah. He could that easily make, do that. Yeah. But I suppose the the obviously the swan dive over the top rope does look a lot better. So it's just one of them. Yeah. It's just it's like you know, two out of the last three years he's landed on his head. You'd be quite be quite worried there. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. So take so obviously then you got um Taker sets up the steps, smashes trips into them. Then goes into the tombstone, but countered. Take a charge of the Triple H, but then counters into a spine buster through the announce table. Yeah, that's why they were stood on top of the like the base of the steps, so to speak. Yeah. But again, it's straight like in comparison to like the last two matches that we've seen. Well, take the last match. It's the best example. The last match had some stuff happen like on the outside of the ring. Yeah, and to try and differentiate it a little bit from the match previous to it. This match has been nothing but brawling and crap going down on the outside of the ring. So far, the amount of wrestling in this match is minimal at best. Yeah, it's, it's more slugging each other and just basically, it's, that's all it is. Yeah, it's it's just a bit, I don't know. It's a bit spotty as well. It's a bit of a spot yeah. fest. Um, like I say, I've put like I say, it's a very slow pace at times. There's, I've, I've skimmed through some of my notes. There's no real story being told either. It's just people, just two guys knocking fuck out of each other. Yeah, it is That's literally. It's, there's not. There's, like I say, there's just counters and things like that. Finishing moves. But this is the other problem. We've been like a, a no holds barred. He says with quotation fingers. Um, it is that thing of like it's gone from being a match into just a, a fight. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not enjoyable. We'll throw that stipulation in so we can class it more with a fight rather than a match. Well, again, like even even if you take it in that circumstance, like the the match, one of the matches that I really like, the Ric Flair match from eighteen, was billed as a fight. That's way more entertaining than this. Hmm. I agree, and it felt it felt more of a fight than this did, to be honest. That that went in though, I think, with a bit more story than this. To be fair, it's oh, whole, it did, yeah. Taker was goading, trying to goad Flair by like beating up his son and beating up on Anderson and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas this is like the whole premise is, well, he retired you, so I'm going to take him on. But yeah, but I don't believe you can beat him. And you yeah, 
four, so I, I don't believe you can beat him. So I'm, I have no confidence in you, essentially. essentially. So. Yeah. It's just. So I say. Um, so after the announced table spot, back in the ring, choke slam for two. And. Triple H fights out the last ride. Ten punch spot. Last ride. Escaped. Pedigree escaped. Snake eyes. And then a spine buster from Triple H for two. But again, just. I can't even. Like, like that sounded like it was reeling off like fast move. You know, like fast movements like it was in the Shawn Michaels match. It wasn't it really, really. It really isn't. There's a lot of, lot of. There's a lot of like sort of. These two are gassed at this yeah. point. They are gassed. And it's. It shows that it's a lot of hanging around almost. Yeah, it's like, right, are you ready to do the next move? Are you ready to do the next move? It's like a couple of split, couple of moves, and then they're waiting around while they recover. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's too slow. I mean, the, I know the, the guys who are getting up there in age. This is why. To, to quote, you have that came on. So, it's garbage, pure garbage. It is pure <laughs> garbage. I mean, I've, I've, I'm, like I said, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking through my notes. It's literally just take and goes for pedigree, take and goes for pedigree, take and goes for pedigree, take and goes, not take, sorry, Triple H goes for pedigree, and it's yeah. countered all the time or kicks out too, obviously. But it's the it, amount it, of pedigree attempts. It's like, have you got anything else left in the tank? Yeah, this this is one of those really telling moments where you need more than one go to. You need more than one finishing maneuver. Taker has three. Do you he know does. what I mean? Taker has the choke slam, the last ride, and the tombstone, and he works through all three of them as we and go he's along. Also, he's also got the Hell's Gate as well. And he's got the Hell's Gate as well. Okay, Shawn Michaels, they, they built it up as though he only has switching music, but did you see him go for it again and again and again no. and again? Just the elbow drop and things like that yeah. as well. He- Work with. But like, Whereas but like, Triple H has got a spine buster in his pedigree, and that is literally it. Yeah, but again, the spine buster, it's not, it's just, that's just one of his like staple moves. It's not like anything special. No. Uh, you know, he's never he's pinned anybody with a spine buster. He's never no. even, you know, it, it's, it's just, oh, it's just trash. I'm going to say, can you think of a Triple H um, submission maneuver? I can't think of one, apart from the figure four. He did start using the uh, Indian Deathlock in around 2005, I want to say. Ah, right. When he was having like the there was a whole thing with Booker T because he when he first broke in, he was using the Indian Deathlock as his finisher, and then when he became Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he was using the Pedigree. But then ah, right. Interspersing the Indian Deathlock as well, and he brought it back around like 2005, 2006, around like around sort of. Like mid to late evolution era, um, when he was like running the whole like the purple gear and all that sort of thing, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, so he could have gone for that, but then didn't. No. no. He said he goes for a chair. Yeah. And, and nails take with it nine. T- yeah, he nails take with it about nine times, I think, in a row. Yeah, um, I actually wrote down nine chair shots. Yeah, it's a tells Taker to stay down. Taker, uh, Taker is down dead. His back should be mush. 
Oh, you, you. To be fair, this is the bit where we've missed out a bit here, where we've got all those silly counters for the pedigrees. This is what I mean. This is what I read them off. It was like pedigree, 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 pedigree. It was fucking ridiculous. Oh, you, uh, we also do, don't forget we do the tombstone spot and the kick out for uh, two. Oh, there's that as well. You know, so that we can do the whole take a looking shot thing again because this is the second person who's kicked out the tombstone, which. I don't like. No. That should have been a Shawn Michaels thing, really. Yeah, it's watering down the tombstone, isn't it? It, it really is now. And the, like you say, the, the the pedigree comes out of this match looking fucking terrible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I actually put at one point, fuck's sake, another pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> the kick out at two, now the pedigree looks like shite. Yeah. That is literally the notes I wrote. The thing is, he hits a pedigree and he kicks out at two. And then he hits another pedigree and he kicks out at two. It's like, so you fit in with your finisher, which was supposed to be that powerful that you made it unkick outable from on one of the SmackDown games, you fucking cunt. Mm. And he's now done it to him twice and he's kicked out twice in a matter of 15 seconds. Fucking yes. brilliant. Yeah, that's your finisher move buried. Absolutely uh, buried. Yeah. So take, so take us down. His back should be mushed. Triple H is screaming, stay down. Then there's a headshot with the chair that's unprotected. Yeah. It's, and I believe that's the one they got in trouble for, wasn't it? Yeah. They both got fined for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not shocked. Right. I remember that. I remember, I remember reading that on Lords of Pain. <laughs> how, how much did you say it was? Uh, if I, off the top of my head, correctly, no pun intended, I think it was something like five grand each, if not more. I, I expected more. Yeah, it was a nasty chair oh. shot. Carry on, I'm going to look into this now. Yeah, but yeah, Triple H sees Taker trying to get up and look surprised, screaming, stay down. Apparently there's a, there's a bloke in the crowd that shouts, shut up. There is, there is. Yeah. A- <laughs> quite, quite shut up shut up and then Triple H said just die what's wrong with you uh, he said dead man that does not work yeah if you're going to work gimmick stay in gimmick you prick I, say, the, the thing, I, was, I don't know if it was just me but I, I actually wrote the crowd seems exhausted but it, they just seem dead like just dead quiet you yeah know, like, it's not like, the best crowd I don't know if it was because it was the crowd or because the match was that bad. I think I think they were saving themselves for John Cena versus The Miz. A wrestling classic if I've ever seen one. Exactly. Because <laughs> um, he got Taker grabs Triple H by the throat, but Triple H just removes it. Taker says, um, "What does it say? Come, was it come on or something, or give in or uh, something like that?" Triple H hits a tombstone. Triple H hits a tombstone. Yeah. The crowd explode. And it's a goozle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I actually put a positive thing here. It says, okay, that was fucking good. After Triple H sees Taker kick out of the tombstone, he slides away as if he's just seen a ghost in utter disbelief. That Taker kicked out of everything Triple H has done to him. Yeah, I think this is the one, this is like the one thing, like part of this match that was any quality really like it's the first time we ever see 
like the Undertaker get hit with a tombstone at WrestleMania. Yeah. And, especially by somebody who doesn't normally do it. Yeah. And then, and you know, you you would be shocked. And mm. you know, Triple H goes for Sledgy. Is you know one and only thing left he can do. Yeah. Just to bring it back slightly to that thing, have you noticed the only decent thing, or really good thing in this match, involves storytelling? A small yeah. amount of storytelling. Yeah. Because there was none in this match. <laughs> and <laughs> it really it's been, wasn't. It's been very subpar up to this point. Yeah. Um, what we're also forgetting as well, there is a This Is Awesome chance as well after this. And I thought, This Is Awesome? No. No, it's not. No. It's not that bad, but it's not awesome. <laughs> this this was the round. This was the time when you started getting this is awesome chance for everything though. And yeah, like, this is true. It was really frustrating because you know that these people are going backstage and going, yeah, we we're so good. You know, we're really good at this shit. Meanwhile, they're like, why is everybody switching their TV off and not watching? We get this is awesome chance. Yeah, it's because it's not fucking awesome. It's some. There are just some people who are thick. <laughs> That's Sorry. what it is. Easily <laughs> pleased. It just made me harken back to fucking Halloween Havoc '99, where you say a lot of Yeah, yeah, I'm so good, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, but that—that's what's going on, though. Like you, come on, you're tell you you can't tell me that after this match. Oh, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying it's like Triple H is doing that. He's going back after this match, and he's there. Uh, Oh yeah, that was really good, wasn't it? We were so good. We got this is awesome chance. We were so good. That match was so fucking awesome. Next year WrestleMania, me and Taker two. That's so happening. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ten years me ago, that Take- didn't happen. Me and Taker two. Hell in the cell boogaloo. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off, Triple H, you big nosed bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Triple H with the side chamber. Um. He threatens with the hammer, but he gets caught in the Hell's Gate now. I do like this finish. Um, Triple H tries to fight it, and he's looking. He drops the hammer, but he's looking for the hammer. Triple H tries to, tries to turn it into a power bomb, but then fails. Triple H finds the sledgehammer at this point when he's already on the floor and still in the Hell's Gate, but then drops it. But then Triple H weakly taps out. Yeah. Which I thought was a really, really nice touch. Is like reluctantly sort of off and fuck's sake, go on then. Well, so like, yeah, been choked out as well, so it's like you can't really do. Can't like, just frantically fuck. tap out, can he? That's just all the energy he's got left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that gets take of the win in twenty nine minutes and twenty three seconds. It felt a lot longer. It did, and it was a bit. I've, I've put in the things. So obviously, I've. I don't know what I was smoking when I gave it casting. It's for some reason I gave it three out of five. But when I think back now, it's it's it's, it's a one it's a one point five. It's a one point five two if we're being generous. I mean, I thought it's a strange match. It wasn't that bad, but I didn't really enjoy it. No injuries were solved, not such as the battering take took into the chair. All it seemed like it was just both guys were gassed and we were t- and they were tired. What was done well was Triple H's disbelief when Taker was fighting out of everything Triple H did, plus the finish. So, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be honest, I'm going to dock it a, a casket. It's going to be two out of five. Um, so you've been generous there. <laughs> I've been slightly generous, because I do like, I did like the back end of it, where it was like, where 
Um, take and revert. Obviously, did the tombstone and then told the story of his disbelief. And he thrown everything at him. He'd even thrown Taker's own moves at him, and he still kicked out. And then, obviously, the way he tapped out was it was sort of like it was like literally all the energy he had left. He didn't have any more energy to tap to carry on. The only energy he had left was to tap out. Mm. Um, I quite like the way it was like sort of like. Told the story was told at the end because there was a little bit of story towards the end, but it took what 25 minutes before we got any storytelling. Roughly, yeah, yeah. So it, 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 the match really suffered for that, but because of the way the match ended, um, I would I would give it a two out of five caskets. That's and I, like I say, I'm being slightly generous, but yeah, I'll go with two out two two out of five. I, I, I gave it. I gave it a one. It's not very good. Well, I, I put not very good. I actually meant to put it's pure garbage. It was so there was too much hanging around and waiting for stuff to happen. It was there was no real wrestling to speak of, as like from what I could see. Uh, and there was too many kickouts, finishes. At the end of the day, the the last like I, I understand like I'll, the last ten ten minutes or so, it's just we Triple H needs to find another finisher as we've already discussed, but his finisher ends comes out of this looking like a piece of shit. The tombstone comes out of this kind of looking like a piece of shit when we've spent the past. What what number are we on now? 18 and 0? Yeah. So we spent the last 17 matches basically building the tombstone up. Essentially, it's finished everybody. Ex- except for Edge, who he never actually hit the tombstone on, from what I remember. Yeah. And, okay. He, ca- he catches him in the Hell's Gate at the end, and the idea being that, you know, oh, he... he you know, it was it was lucky that he beat him. Um and and guessing that's bookings based on Triple H's ego. Um but you know, it it nothing happened. There wasn't like you said, there was no story in this match. And this the sliver of story you get at the end isn't enough. You know, the, oh, I'm shocked that he's kicked out of literally everything I've thrown at him. Well, no shit. He's the Undertaker. Mm. Did you watch the past two two years? Yeah. And, at the, the, and at the end of the day, you fought him before. So you should have seen this coming. Yeah. You know, just because you tell us all to ignore it <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to. So I don't know. I just I was really disappointed with this because you think Undertaker with Triple H, you think, oh yeah, this could this should be a really good match. And I bet if they'd done it ten years ago, it would have been. Oh wait, they did, and it fucking was. Mm. You know, yeah. It just, I mean, put this side by side with that match, it can't lace its boots. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Actually, it's the thing for me of like. It's a tall order trying to top 
one Michael's match, never alone, no fucking never mind two. Yeah. Well, over well. So then bring in a no holds barred match, where it's it, it just, it's just fuckery. Well, their idea of topping it was to was with the hardcore like basically the hardcore stuff. Their idea was big spots, hard shots, and an unprotected chair shot to the head. Mm. That was what they came up with. Right. Yeah, it wasn't any good. Within three minutes, they go through the coal mine. Within three minutes. You know, that tells you where this match was going. Um, it's like, it's that thing of like, they did it ten years ago, why, why does it need doing it again ten years later? Um, why not do it five years ago? At like, maybe 22 or whatever. Why now? To then have to do it again the following year? Yeah. Um, oh, don't get, we'll get onto that. <laughs> uh, the the old penultimate part of this match is at the end really when Trips gets to his feet but then Taker's down and they have to get a an actual uh, like a golf cart to go and pick Taker up. Yeah. yeah. Which um, which is scary because it kind of leads into the fact that they actually booked this two years in advance as well. Yeah. Because they use this as part of the build for the next match. Oh, and I'll give that one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're going to jump forward to uh, the 1st of April 2012. Yeah. 28. The end of an era. It's the uh, Triple H versus The Undertaker. Hell in a Cell. With Shawn Michaels, the special guest referee. Yeah. The second ever Hell in a Cell match at Mania. Also the first and only guest ref for Taker at Mania. So far, um, HBK's promo describing end of an era, and I put nope, it wasn't. HBK's also talking about the irony of potentially being one of them responsible to end the streak by counting the pinfall of the man who retired him. So it's almost a fly, like a revenge angle for, for Shawn Michaels. So obviously the piling sort of like the odds in favour of Triple H here as well. But like I said, yeah. I put a note to all the history and end-of-era quotes. It really wasn't as Taker and Triple H have had matches at every single Mania since. Yeah. Uh, plus, that, that... plus, plus, they wrestled each against each other again last year at Crown Jewel. Yeah. So <laughs> you've just shit all over a WrestleMania match for the Saudis. Well done, Triple WWE. This is, I mean, the added thing to this is, I mean, last year it was about like, you know, who's one of the big things was who's the uh, the last outlaw, you know, the the WWE. There's none of that here. There's none of that shit. It's literally, I don't even know why this match got put together because I can't even say that Triple H was close to winning. They, they, they keep going on about what Taker wanted this match because he didn't get to leave under his own power. Well, he gives a shit. He won. That's he's, cut it, he, he's cut his hair every single day. Don't forget that. He's cut his hair every single day. That's the premise, the premise for the match. So, 30th of January, as an episode of Raw, Taker returns and challenges Triple H to a rematch at Mania. But you, he won. Yeah. Um... But this it's mainly because Taker's like annoyed at the facts of what happened, and he didn't want that to be the memory of 
him like of what people saw in him with like well you beat him but yeah you have to be carted out when he left his own, on his own uh, free will sort of thing under his own steam yeah so Trips originally refuses uh, which leads to Michael's returning and uh, Trips is like yeah I'm, I'm considering it or whatever and then of course, Taker start, comes out the following week, labelled Triple H as a coward, and starts impairing his abilities and career to Shawn Michaels. So mm. then, leads to Triple H accepting. Yeah. Yeah. It's still... Like, fine, I get it. It's just unfortunate that you've spent a year on that shitty last match to build to this match. And... I would have preferred to see something different if Triple H do some, you know, like, Triple H has nothing to gain here if you, if you don't, if you're not stupid. You know, for, or even new, for like new fans, I get it, because you think that Triple H has only lost once. Everybody else is, well, Triple H has already lost twice, so even if it was like best two out of three, he's lost. So, it just—I don't know. I wasn't—I wasn't looking forward to this match. I didn't like the build. I didn't like the whole. Oh well, I—I uh, I don't want to be remembered as having to be carried out. Well, then why don't you just get up? You know what well, I mean? He's supposed it, to be the dead man. So why don't you just sit up and walk the fuck out? It's, it's... yeah, like like you see you see it in 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 boxing and and MMA and stuff like that. Your guy gets knocked out, right? Unless he, unless they are seriously worried about like, a, like a neck injury or something like that, they let you get up and walk if you want to. Yeah, you know what I mean, so he could have got up. I didn't see anything that you know, considering he actually finished the match with a move. I can't see that he was that you know seriously hurt. Well, this is it. I mean, um, he was. He had enough. He, he had enough in him to. Um... Locking a Hell's Gate strong enough to make Triple H tap out. So exactly. It, 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 it fucks with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. Take, sorry. Sorry, because I, I remember even at this time, at the time of watching this, I mean, it was like, I watched this as it happened, and I was like, even I'm not looking forward to this match. Now I was a naive fucking casual at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I can understand, like, you know, if you are, we're just a casual fan, and you say you've only been watching for a couple of years, but if you've seen that last Triple H match, and then they're telling you you're getting the same thing, you're not going to look forward to this. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you saw last year's match, you're not going to go, oh yeah, I want to see that again. But guess what? <laughs> here it is, you're folks. You're your mum here for seconds. <laughs> Pay us your nineteen ninety nine. Absolutely, but like I said, we'll go. So shall we go into the match? Yeah, yeah. I, it's like JR, JR's announcing this match. He comes out speci- specifically for this match. Yeah. You got HBK out as the ref first, and what I've got to say is HBK's entrance without Pyro is utter dog shit. Yeah, it is. It's really, really. It's like a proper damp squib. Yeah. Um. Then Triple H is out next to another special entrance coming under a huge. He- Helmet, which is quite symbolic because he is a huge helmet. 
and um, <laughs> massive shoulder pads. Um, yeah. I, actually, um, a tame entrance for WrestleMania, I thought. Yeah, I didn't think much of it. It wasn't, you know, for Triple H, it wasn't that. It wasn't that great. It wasn't as bad as the trike one, but it wasn't that great. No, you got Taker comes through tons of tons and tons of dry ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, wearing a spiky jacket, but other than that, fairly standard. Yeah, I I didn't like the jacket again. It was a different one to his bathrobe, but it still Absolutely. looks shit. Yeah, I mean, and Taker obviously when he goes to his usual spot where he got well, he had a hood again this year. Yeah. Um. And he takes his he takes his hood down and he has basically uh, as um as a what is it was it a one is it Hooligan Island the bottom bottom Hooligan Island and I can describe you can you can describe Undertaker's head the same way Eddie described Richie's back it's like a runway in Bosnia in winter <laughs> that's covered in shit <laughs> that was his head. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking stupid. Right, it says a lot about this match going into it when they're showing like vignettes of Taker and he's like, I'm making the ultimate sacrifice and it shows him like cutting bits of his hair off like How vain are you? <laughs> Alright. It's like what is he fucking Samson or whatever, like we cut his hair off, he loses his power. <laughs> He's lost his he's lost he's he's lost his ability to 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 fire thunderbolts. That's what it is. <laughs> to be fair, the first line I've written is Taker with short hair looks daft, and he does. Yeah, it, it makes him look bush league, and it makes him look part time, which he it is does. now. But it, you know, it just I don't know. Like the 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 mystique is gone now. This is it. Talking of stuff that's shit, um, when the cell lowers, it comes down, and for some reason, on the network, it comes to Memory Remains by Metallica. It gets its own entrance. Yeah, it gets gets its own entrance. But here's here's the weird thing. You think back a year, they had to cut out for whom the bell tolls as it's licensed by Metallica. Yeah. Yet they wouldn't pay the license. They wouldn't pay the. Um, it's not a license, is it? Or the it's a, the rights to it. Yet yeah. they pay the rights for memory remains for a fucking hell in a cell. So they'll pay for the theme for a cage, but it won't pay for the theme for Triple H. <laughs> I'm not. I'm it not. Would, I'm not shocked. <laughs> It would have made sense if they literally just put the original, the normal cage music to the cage coming down. Or they could have, called, put, they could have got Jim Johnson in to do something unique for the cage, for the network, and paid for um, Whom the Bell Tolls for Triple H. Who made that choice? And whoever it is needs to be fucking fired, if not already fired. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I'm waiting to see if it's one of those where like they, they don't realise they've uh, forgot to like dub over, like for uh, the memory remains. And then Until they get sued. They get yeah, they get a cease and desist from Metallica going, you owe us this much in royalties, and they go shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's boss then, isn't it? 
Yeah. But, yeah. But hey ho, we get a slugfest to start because there's no rules. It's basically no holds barred except this time we've got a shiny cage instead. Yeah, I I, I did note the commentary is focused on the Undertaker's hair, which is well, it's shit commentary if I'm honest. Yeah. They're not they're not talking about like the gravitas of the match or anything. It's well, did you know, King? The Taker cut his hair every single day until he could knew he could win this match. Until he knew he was having this match. It's like, uh, why do we care? This is it. They're just. I mean, they're just trying to explain in a way the reason why he has short hair. But you know, that's what happens when a guy's part time. <laughs> he does what he wants. Well, this is it. So, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But, um, yeah, Taker remains in control and takes it outside. Um, but, yeah, it's just brawling, really. It's a slow brawl, again. Steps going to play early pedigree attempt. This is it. Um, quick question. Um... How often was Triple H? Was um, Shawn Michaels a special guest referee for Triple H matches? Wasn't that often, was it? Didn't seem like it, no. No, because what I'm thinking is, I've made a point here. This is a Cole makes a point about Triple H never losing a match where HBK is a special referee. Yeah, referee. He does. Not, not, not okay, but one. HBK has been a stablemate or ally a lot for a lot of Triple H's career. Kind of gives him an advantage, right? So yeah. why would, you know it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You don't really need someone to point that out. But two, also put Taker has had 19 Mania matches at this point. Triple H has possibly had less than five matches where HBK has, has been a special referee. I don't get how this makes Triple H to be a bigger threat. Possibly only if HBK screws Triple H. And even casual fans at the time will know that WWE wasn't going to allow the streets to end on a foot finish. Mm. So I was like, it's a pretty redundant point to make. It's on the call though, isn't it, really? Yeah. We're just sort of throwing it in here for the sake of it. Yeah. No one will... It just make it just solidifies the fact to me that Cole is a really really shit fucking announcer. You, you never know if if any Mac's gone. Oh, say this, like in the earpiece. There is that somewhere. Like you never know. Like I can only imagine that he will have done because at the end of the day, that seems like it. That's the type of thing that Vince McMahon or would want to put across is that well, this could have done a screw job, you know. It's like well. Do you really, really want to, you know, end the streak on a screw job? Nobody, nobody really thinks that you will, but they have to put it out there. They have to make it seem like, you know, Triple H is a threat. We've just seen him throw everything he can at the Undertaker and still lose. So, you know, we have to make him seem credible somehow. Yeah, this is true. But, and the way to do that is have um, both Triple H and HBK against him. Yeah, basically. Not that, you know, I I would say not that Michaels needs Triple H's help. I know he's lost twice, but at least he gave a really good showing. Whereas Trips basically doesn't attempt to wrestle him at all and just goes straight for weapons and anything he can. 
Like, yeah. But there's more of that in this this match. It's just a lot of somebody gets whipped into the cage, somebody gets whipped into the ring steps, you know, back inside, bit of back and forth, back outside, somebody gets whipped into the steps. Just standard fare, really. Trips, yeah, Trips gets a chair, starts wailing on Taker. Sean steps in. I'll stop it if you want me to. And we take a like trying to get up, saying, "Do not stop this." Because, like, yeah. At one point, he even calls him. He calls him Sean. He just says, "Do not stop it, Sean." It's just uh, Trips shouts, "Stay down!" Of course, Taker won't. So he gets a sledgehammer, uh, telling Sean to call it. But Taker refuses, gets a sledgehammer shot and kicks out. And then there's that sick-looking, almost what would have been a sick-looking sledgehammer shot, but Sean takes it off him. Uh, oh, that is that you mean the one where he's laid with his head on the mat? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it's like, I think I actually put something, I, wrote, I made a note on that specific point. It's like again. It's, it would have been that. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. Well, <laughs> it's more. Sean Michaels stops him from clearly committing a murder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's, Triple H is pissed off at Sean Michaels. Yeah, but he just stopped you from spending the rest of your life in jail, you dumb bastard. <laughs> Whether it's in a wrestling ring or not, how fucking stupid. <laughs> I was partially hoping to be fair. That Shawn Michaels would chime in and be like, You got kids, yo! <laughs> but why not? At the end of the day, that was like, I understand what they're trying to do there. They're trying to, you know, make it look like you'll do anything to beat The Undertaker. Yeah. But it's wrestling. I can't suspend my disbelief when somebody's attempting to murder somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. hard enough with the sledgehammer as a weapon as it is because. The fact that every time he uses it, his hand is clearly covering it, and it bounces. But you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's that. That's just a bit of a step too far. Uh, it's it's probably a limitation just with the weapon itself in using that. But it just it just seems stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because so like you say, he takes up takes. He's, Goes to take a full swing on take. HB grabs it from behind, stops Triple H from doing it, throws it out of the ring. Triple H then goes to call for the bell, but HBK is conflicted. Shawn Michaels then is put into the Hell's Gate to stop him from calling the match off. Then Triple H nails Taker with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Uh, Trips then goes for the full swing again, but is encountered with a low blow into Hell's Gate. HBK starts to come round. Um, hey, Triple H is um while holding the hammer, but what is that? Is out while holding the hammer while Taker releases the hold. So obviously, take because there's no referee. Triple H is out. There's no decision. So uh, Little Nature comes to the ring to take over refing. Yeah, and she then chokes slammed by Taker into a two cap two count. To which point, then Little Nature is choke slammed. Fucking stupid. Yeah, to which I thought standard death, ref death equals this is awesome. Dot dot dot. Fuck this crowd. Yeah. 
like we skipped through quite a lot there to get yeah. to this point, and none of it mattered. No. And like, like little Nate's coming out, and you know, to call the or seemingly, you know, call the pin for Taker, and then Taker just choke slams him. It's like, what was the point? Yeah. What was the point? What was the point in having that part that in this match? Why? And it's just it's all over the place. I don't get it. It's not nice. I mean, you've got a tombstone attempt after that. Triple H slides over the back, shoves Taker into sweet chin music into a pedigree. Which is the one spot in this match I liked. Yeah. The sweet chin H- music into the pedigree. Yeah. Triple H, HBK is then distraught and Apple dot, 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 everyone is dead. Yeah. Triple H then holds off, gets hold of the sledge. Shawn Michaels tries to stop Triple H from using the sledge again, but he's then thrown out of the ring. Um, Taker yeah. then sit, Taker then sits up and then, um, big shot, right hand, yeah, yeah, big boot into a leg drop, two stone, two count, and Taker, Taker dribbles on trips. Yeah, if anyone noticed that, um, hey, um, HBK is now conflicted, slumped in the corner. Um, both fighting on their knees. The little nature is still dead in the corner. Yeah. Um, then they get back to the feet. Take goes for a tombstone, and then counters into counted into a pedigree into a two count. Which again, why would you keep doing the pedigree? Because we've already established the pedigree is a load of shit. Yeah. Um, Taker sits up. Taker's then back. He's marked up to four. Yeah. Taker's back sits up. And Taker's like marked up. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, because yeah. he's—I he, think he took twelve chair shots in the earlier in the match. Sick. Um, Triple H again has a sledgehammer. Taker has a chair. Um, Taker then sl- steps on the sledgehammer to stop Taker from, uh, Triple H from using it. Taker then nails Triple H repeatedly with the chair. Um. To which point Taker stares down um, Shawn Michaels and continues to beat up trips with the chair. Yeah. I think I've, I think I've actually written that there are 10 chair shots at that point, and it yeah. gets a two count. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. These are superhuman. I'm not being funny, but if this is how tough they are, why are they not in the title picture? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's stupid. Yeah, 10 chair um, shots gets two. Triple H goes for the sledgehammer. Taker steps on it. Triple H backs into the corner, shoots off a socket. Taker just takes him out. Tombstone, great. Pretty much it, yeah. That's going to wait 30 minutes, 53 seconds. Oh, that was oh. so much longer than that. Oh, oh what was that? Again. Oh, it felt like hours. Yeah. I thought really didn't enjoy this match, but it really wasn't that bad either. Action-wise, it was lacking, but the story told was okay. The Hell in a Cell restricted the match for me, and it could be so much better without it. It didn't need the cell. I wanted to actually... I'm not that expected to see any wrestling, but it'd be nice to watch a wrestling show 
with a wrestling match on it. That has some fucking wrestling in it. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Triple H. Yeah. I've put a mark, I've put a thing as well on it saying, and after this, all three leave together as a sign of respect, and all went off to the, to the wrestler retirement home. Dot dot dot. Away. <laughs> Until next year. Yeah, and JR says on commentary, you'll never see Triple H wrestle again. I just thought, oh, fuck off. He had a title reign after this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So just for that, it, this match was a fucking insult, so I'd say it was one casket, and it, that's lucky. Yeah, I gave it one, and I gave it one casket just for the show, for the uh, when Shawn Michaels hits the switch in music, and then he ends up in the pedigree. Because yeah. I like that spot. I gave it one yeah. one casket for that one spot. That's Another fair. one that I put long, boring, too much weapons, and just like last time, nothing new, annoying. Trying to redo the Shawn Michaels ending from Shawn Michaels too, with the whole you know suck it yeah. bit at the end. It was just. Yeah. A rehash, and it was crap. It was just garbage. Pure garbage! Absolutely. With the mud Yeah. And I'll tell you what this is as well. So, so go on, Cox. You give your ratings first, and I'll make my point. Yeah, I'm going with one as well, because again, we had it. It was ten, year, ten years later, we had it. Yeah. Having yeah. it again. Right. Yeah, we had we had Michaels two years in a row, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. The story, there was psychology. It was brilliant. Then you have these two shit shows, where I don't even know. The 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 big thing is, was there any story in the Triple H matches? No, really. Absolutely, that's it. Absolutely not. Was there no. any wrestling in the Triple H matches? Nope. Don't really know. And here's the biggest kicker for you: the one thing that Triple H and um, and hate Triple H and um, Taker had, and what Taker and um, Shawn Michaels had, fucking chemistry. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. And Undertaker fucking oozed chemistry in that ring together. What you also got to take into effect is, as well, at the time, even throughout the two HBK matches, Triple H was still a full-time performer. Yeah. There would have been no ring rust. Yeah. During the Triple H matches... It's also, as well, don't forget, HBK was also full-time roster as well, up until his retirement. Yeah. Triple H and Taker were part-timers at this point. Yeah, that, that's a, big, that's a that, big thing. And that hurt the chemistry of the, with them two working together, because don't forget, if they're not working full-time, why do they need to see each other, apart from yeah. maybe a few weeks before WrestleMania? There's no way to build chemistry there. Well... Yeah, I completely agree. That you know, everybody has ring rust. I don't care how many, how long you've been doing it. You know, there's going to be that. You know, you're going to be that bit slower. You're going to be that bit. You know, yeah, 
off your game. You're not going to be as sharp as you would be if you're doing it week in, week out. It's the same with any sport. You know, they talk about it in, in football, about match fitness and, you know, regular fitness. There's a big difference between being ready to play 90 minutes or just being in, in shape. These guys haven't wrestled in a year, basically. No. They're not going to be in ring in ring shape. They're going to be in good shape, don't get me wrong, for their age. But they're not going to be in that peak condition that they need to be to put on a good match. Absolutely and not. It, it clearly showed. And, you know, those two matches are ab- abortions, really. They're I would go absolutely as abortions, but they're not good. They're not great at all. And they're very, very, very missable. I mean, there's worse matches in the streak. There really is worse matches in the streak than those two matches, but there's not think, many. I think they're in the bottom four. Mm, they're, they're down there. They're definitely down there. Them two, Gonzalez and Snooker. I'm finding it struggle to argue against that, mate. <laughs> I really am. Don't make this job hard. <laughs> Like you could you could say I don't know Mark Henry, but I, I I don't think that was as bad as these. Well, I read something interesting the other day, which is by the way since we recorded the last episode that involved the Mark Henry match. Apparently, the original plans were for Mark Henry to win that match. Fucking hell! Yeah. Ugh. So thank fuck that didn't happen. Um. So yeah. Another very missable match. Yeah. I agree. agree there you go. <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Well, of course, that takes tra- take a 20, 20 and 0. Yep, yeah, so we're going on to the two. Uh, the 7th of April 2013. It's WrestleMania 29. With CM Punk versus The Undertaker. And what you really just made me realise is 2013 was the last time CM Punk was at WrestleMania, and that's, what, fucking six years ago. Now that's come round quick. Yeah. That has come round quick. Um, This feud stemmed from the passing of Paul Bearer. Um... As the urn, obviously the urn symbolising Paul Bear at this time. The CM Punk interrupted. Obviously, Undertaker was having a ceremony for Paul Bearer. On the CM Punk interrupted the ceremony and stole the urn, and uh, mocking Taker and Paul Bearer in the promo, essentially saying that he's willing to risk the street to get to Punk. End of the build. End of the, to end the build. He. Um, Pours the ashes out of the urn overtaker. Yeah. So it's like punk being punk, essentially. Um, Basically. I thought it was a fucking great promo because it put punk over as an absolute cunt. And that is but that's that's but that's the best that's, that's the way punk should have been through his entire career. Hmm. I think to be honest, I think they missed a bit of a trick here. I think if you'd had Heyman do a bit of voiceover on this promo, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, especially since he's CM Punk's manager at this time. You think? 
do you think Heyman was trying was in this position to obviously be like CM Punk's version of Paul Bearer, but not in the actual literal sense as like a mocking version of him? Well, what would have made more sense would be for if in this match, obviously, if they're going for the mind games, which Punk does a masterful job of doing so in this match. Um, would it make more sense to have Paul, like if Paul Heyman was up for it, to go and wear makeup like Percy Pringle did? He, do, he does in the promo. Mm, but I mean, in the actual match. <sighs> and actually dress up as, as Paul Bearer. Because CM Punk, if you notice his ring gear, wears Undertaker's original colours in his ring gear of purple and grey. Yeah. It, I, so I, that's just Punk like paying tribute, though, in in essence. He yeah. could, yeah, it is, yes, in essence. But you could also, like I say, you could turn it into sort of like no doubt. Uh, turn the turn the dial up to eleven on the mind game, sort of sort of thing. But right. Let's get Paul Bear, Paul Heyman dressed up as Paul Bearer and proper fucking rub this salt into the wound, sort of thing. I, I think if anything, that if that idea got pitched to, to Paul Heyman, he probably just said, "Well, why, why do, why would I need to? Like, we're in his head already, like pouring the urn and shit." There is that as well, I suppose. But he has methodical ways of thinking. Like the guy's just been genius. Yeah, this is why I'm not in wrestling, I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just thinking. That's just a soft off the top of my head. But I did notice the ring gear. So, uh, Paul, sorry, go on, mate. I was gonna say, no, the same. Should we get into the match? Yeah, I was say, Taker comes out with people reaching for him, which I thought was a really cool visual. Yeah, I did like. I did like the entrances this year. Mm. You know. um, same punk juggling the urn was uh, that was your mind games there, and it really throwing it yeah. up and down, like and flipping it from one arm to the other and stuff. I thought it was quite good. Absolutely. We're also forgetting punk came out to a live performance from of color personality by Living Color. Yeah, which was pretty good. To be honest, I, I thought, they were, I thought, I thought I, it was. I'll be honest with you, I thought it sounded like shit, but that's just me. <laughs> I think, if I recall correctly, that's one of the, the better live performances you've had for like a band doing an entrance or whatever at a show. Oh, must yeah. be, my, my ears must be something fucking rotten then, because I thought it sounded like shit. Oh dear, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with me. Jesus. But the um, it might be later on, but there's also a point where like the hit like Paul Heyman and Punk are playing the urn and like put like. Punk sort of like go along to Heyman. Heyman got a catch and nearly like looks like he's gonna shit himself. <laughs> about to drop the urn as well. Yeah, like he's like shocked at the fact he carried it because he's like, if I had fucking dropped this, like, I, like I, they would have fucking turned. Like I would have shit my pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. So. Um... Yeah, so Punk slaps Taker in the face quite early on. Yeah, taking pot shots. Uh, yeah, using his speed, isn't he? Yeah. Taker from his comeback with a big fuck you and the boots to the face. Yeah. That's the, the, the Undertaker fuck you spot, isn't it? With a big boot to the face. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he's basically Taker uses Punk as a fucking bouncy ball at this point. He's bouncing him off the barricade and all sorts. Driven yeah. into the corner post. Punk's dropped over the apron. The ref warns Taker about a disqualification, which is brilliant because Take Punk is like, he doesn't care which way he wins. All he cares about in this match is basically ending the streak. He doesn't give a fuck whether he does it via disqualification. He doesn't give a fuck whether he wins it by pinfall, submission. As long as he gets that win, he's not arsed. Which is why it's relevant that the ref warns Taker about a disqualification and that it's picked up by the mics. Which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. So, but then you obviously get the leg drop to Punk on the apron. Um... Punk then's in the corner with uh, Taker on top. Taker then goes for old school, but is then counted with an arm drag. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Punk attacks then take attacks Taker in the corner. Punk then goes for old school on Taker and nails it. Yeah. Selling the disrespect angle. Yeah, which is quite cool. Yeah, I like um, that. It was, and no one's. I don't. As far as I'm aware, no one's done that at Mania. I can't remember anybody else ever doing old school to Taker. I don't even remember someone even attempting it. No, I don't. Which was nice. Which well, leads uh, into, which leads to a lush, Russian leg sweep into a two count. I have to say that side Russian leg leg sweep where Punk floats over, he floats over for the pin was fucking beautiful. Yeah, smooth, silky smooth, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, that was fucking bob on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then look, you got Heyman outside mocking Taker with the urn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got Taker fights back, Punk in the corner, thrown into opposite corner, goes for the running knee, but misses. Yeah, it's back to Taker selling the knee. Yeah, and then Punk does the spot that we took, like I talked about saying, obviously we had the alternate to the swan dive over the top rope. We got yeah. Punk does a baseball slide, then into an axe handle to the outside. So yeah, Punk then rolls Taker back in, back in, and hits a neck breaker for a two count. So there's actual wrestling in this match, guys. There is, there is actual wrestling with actual storytelling with actual enjoyment. You also get um, some good, a good bit from Heyman here encouraging Punk, saying you're getting closer. That was that was a two. Yeah, yeah, I like. Second, that's actually beautiful. This is yeah. what you need. If you have got a manager, use them. If you have got a manager and you're the manager, be vocal. Yeah, I agree. Shout, sell the positions, give advice. That's what you're supposed to be there for. Even if you're female and you're just there to be eye candy, why are you there? Why are you there? Yeah, if you're a manager. Difference. Yeah, make a difference. Shout some shit. It doesn't matter if it's just like literally, you know, yes, yes, hit him, hit him, hit him, anything. Be vocal rather than just stand there with your arms folded and just go, oh, he's fucking losing. Oh, yeah, well, he's winning. Well, I, I, I get that, but just just don't do a Molina and just scream for no reason. Yeah, that, then, that, that, then, that, that, that's not good. That's not that's not helpful. Making no, don't. don't <laughs> Don't just scream and make Taz ejaculate. That's all. You don't need that to happen. <laughs> it doesn't need to happen. 
But yeah, I love it, loving the Heyman shouting. Oh, oh I'm, all, I'm 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 a big advocate for for Heyman. I, I, I'm a Heyman man. I'm a Heyman guy. So yeah, let's say Punk count as a right hand for another net breaker, and then we'll go into a sleeper hold. Uh, take a fight out and hits a suplex. Yeah, it's not which I haven't I haven't seen before. <laughs> no, I haven't. It was it was a it was actually picture perfect as well. It was. It was really good. Um, it was a nice one. Yeah. Didn't expect it. <laughs> no. Uh, Sam Punk fights back. Uh, goes for old school again. And it gets countered. And he gets like hung up on the top rope. Uh, and then we get the second fuck off spot. And he just gets punched off. Yeah. Punched off the outside. outside. Heyman stops uh, the dive. Thank God. So nobody wants to take a kill himself again. No. Uh, and CM Punk hits a springboard clothesline for two. Which it's I nice. I quite like that move, yeah. It's nice. Looks nice. Yeah, we've got <laughs> the running the running knee to clothesline by Punk, so we'll take us going for the running knee. Yeah. Which yeah. is nice. We've got, and then he goes for the Randy Savage elbow by Punk for two yeah. counts. Still not as good. Yeah, you've got some guy on the outside always constantly shouting, by the way, Randy Savage! Yeah, that guy was a dick. He was a dick. Randy Savage! Just shut up, we're aware of that. Yeah. Sorry, go on, mate. Sorry, I was just going to say, Punk goes for a go to sleep, gets card, choke slam for two. Um, and it's kind of where Taker starts to take a bit of control back, really. Um, yeah. And we, we get the usual, the uh, corner splash, followed by Snake Eyes, followed by the big boot. But this gets countered by a massive heel kick. Yeah. Which is quite nice, again. Yeah. Like, so something different. Yeah. Take a clothesline over the top rope. Like you were saying, by the way, about smaller guys not being booked by smaller guys, like smaller guys like HBK wasn't, but certainly CM Punk isn't being booked by like a smaller guy. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Taker then goes for the last ride through a table. That was Punk in a way, really. Yeah, he does. Really does. Yeah, he goes for the last ride through the table, is counted with a kick to the head. Taker snoozes on the table. Yeah. Punk goes for the elbow and then hits Taker. Table doesn't break. Yeah. Punk hits the edge of the table, which Punk holds yeah. in the ring. Well, from the angle they they show it from there, it's like the the far side of the table. It looks like more like uh, to me like Punk like does like the foley and catches his ribs more than he catches Taker. Mm. Like yeah. Table than Taker, if anything. But they're just like playing off like, yeah, he caught him, but the table didn't break. Right. Yeah, it just looked, it, it, it looked so fucking sore. It did look sore. It looked really fucking sore. So Taker gets back in at like nine and three quarters. Yeah. Punk gets caught in the Hell's Gate as well as this makes as Taker gets back in the ring. But it then gets then, countered into the Anaconda Vance. Which is nice. Yeah, it is nice. Heyman's Hayman, screaming tap. Yeah, this is the bit that I didn't really like. Take it kind of sits up while in the Anaconda Vice. 
just making it look like it was just and dog felt, shit. Yeah. I, I remember watching this for you, and as soon as he did that, you just went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you take a grab's punk, though. Um, goozled! Punk, goozled! Yeah. Punk counters and hits the GTS. Taker bounces off the ropes into a tombstone. Yeah. Which then get take which punk kicks out of. Heyman then goes batshit. <laughs> Absolute batshit he goes. Yeah, I believe this is. Yeah, I believe this is a point that King says I've never seen this not work. Yeah. I put the I put wait. King has said he's never seen that not work when Taker nailed the tombstone. Dot dot dot. Has he ever watched any of Taker's matches? Well, I literally put. You were at the last four manias, you cunt. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, it's not wrong. You get this is awesome, Matt Chance, at this point here. But, but at least it's more deserved than last year. Oh, oh it's way more deserved than last year. And the year yeah, before. Exactly. I, by, by no means do I think this is like, you know, one of the best matches I've ever seen. But. It's been nice. It's been tight. It's been good. It's you know what I mean. It there's been there has been wrestling. There has been story. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, I've put punches in the knees. Uh, oh, punches on the knee spot, and take us back up. Um. The ref and Heyman cause distractions. Knee gets counted. Last ride. Earn shot for two. And then um, Punk goes for the GTS, gets counted. Tombstone counted. GTS counted. Tombstone free. Yeah. It's the finish. That is the finish. I thought it was half. It was half decent. Nice little, quite quite a decent pace at the end as well. Yeah, I think they they up the pace a little bit for that finish, you know, the the counters, well, everything getting countered. Yeah. <sighs> I've put in the back little closing paragraph. I put decent match. This is what last year's match should have been. Putting the cell in the way restricts what guys can do. This shows what can be done without it. The story of disrespect for Taker and Bear was told brilliant by Punk and Heyman. Action was great as well. Yeah, and. Um, and it, yeah, go on. There you go, mate. I was just going to say, like, you know, I think they, they did pick it up towards the end, you know, with the the counters and the yearn shot, you know, to block the last ride. They tried to, you know, they upped it a little bit there right at the end. Um, you know, I thought it was so it was so much better than the last two that we've just seen. And... To me, it's it's less so. It's less about the cage. It more shows that you don't need all these weapons and shit to tell a story. No, I agree. You know, what we you need don't, is characters. Yeah, you don't need you don't need weapons for a wrestling match. And what we actually pay to see is wrestling matches. We don't like if I, if if you want to do like hardcore matches of all the sick, you know, like barbed wire and this that and the other. We'll go and find and watch that. In the WWE, you don't expect that. It's not what no. you're paying to watch. You pay to see the big characters and have competent to awesome wrestling matches. 
Yeah, you don't. Who, you know, who's in it? This is it. You don't. If you want to buy a Subaru, you don't go to a Ferrari dealership, do you? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those. Um, Post match, Taker gets the urn back. Taker poses with the urn. JBL then says on on commentary, he says it's been an honor calling history. Now I've put for once they are right. This is the last time we see Taker is as undefeated at Mania. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, for me, it's one of them. It's well, first of all, Taker gets the win in twenty two oh seven. Felt quicker than that. Yeah, it did. It, it was one of them like Taker was not gonna like not gonna not win in essence like because of what the, the whole story going into it and that about the urn and Paul Bearer not long died before yeah uh, it, so that kind of took away the believability but then they sort of Paul Heyman rescued that a bit um, and he added like some much needed. Insight and commentary, or commentary, um, comedy, and even like just genius little bits in the match, like the whole like you're one second away from beating him and all that sort of thing, and uh, being a sense of that sort of cheerleader type, not cheerleader, but what's the word? Um, yeah, cheerleader is the right thing. It's you know he's like the motivational speaker type, you know, yeah. life coach, whatever you want to call it, you know. Paul Heyman, life coach. <laughs> hmm. I, I'd hire Paul Heyman to be a life coach. Why the fuck not? The guy's rich as fuck and incredibly smart. I'm both just thinking, like, if you ever take some sort so would you say this person is your client? They are my client, but in the way that I am there, life coach. <laughs> oh, business whips out as life coach. <laughs> but no, I, casket wise, I give it two and a half caskets because I was entertained and like I say it was a good it was a good match, but at no point did you think that Taker was losing. It, no, there was, there was it was it was a shame to be honest because if this match had been instead of the last one, this match would be rated way higher because you would have actually thought that Punk could have won. Yeah, and. Honestly, again, I think this is one of them where I would say I think they've missed a trick because, all right, he wasn't going to lose because of, you know, with the, like you said, with the Paul Bearer passing away and whatnot. It was obviously he was never going to lose. But I do believe Sam Punk was somebody who, I would say, could have survived ending the streak. You know what I mean? Something that... You know, I think he could have. Uh, you know, he could he could have been somebody to end it and it not be too big for yeah. his career. So, well, at this point, he'd been champ for over a year, hadn't he? So, yeah, this is this is literally just after his like longest title reign ended because they put the belt on the rock. Yeah, it was that was at Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Um, it's like you said, so watching it back, like it was a decent match, but the believability was lost for me. Yeah. Where was the WrestleMania moment in it? 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, there wasn't a standout moment in it, but I actually thought as a match itself, I thought it was decent. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm a little bit, I'm scratching my head a bit at your ratings, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I've given it 3.5. I thought it was a great match, great story. You could tell Punk did the majority of the work in the match, though. Yeah. But I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Horses for courses, I suppose, though. It's one of them, I mean, I can't say I didn't enjoy it, because I really, I did enjoy it, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, perhaps it's unfair to think of it that way, because like, one of the things that I try and, I've tried to do all the way through is stick with my original rating for each match, as rated it as when I've seen it. Yeah. And, I mean, that was... The fourth match in a Shawn Michaels 2, Triple H 1, Triple H 2, same punk run from midnight till like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that has, you know, maybe I was a maybe at the, you know, I was harsh. And, but it was just, like I say, it was, it was good. It was decent. It just, to me, I just, I don't know. It, it just didn't have that WrestleMania moment, and I never thought, I never saw that Punk was going to win. At no point did I believe it. Mm. I think that just kind of that really did kind of taint it a lot for me. Yeah, it does make but, sense. But no. And then finally. <laughs> <laughs> so yes we finally made it after all this time we've made it so yes moving on it's sort of like our main event there must have been main event for far haven't they I think. Well, yeah I don't think this I don't think this went on last though did it no it did not it was kind of shit on it in a way yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to take you through now to the 6th of April 2014 for Wrestlemania 30 it's Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. And again, you say the words 2014, and it makes you realise two things. One, how long ago the streak was broken now? doesn't seem that long ago, does it? But when you say it in terms of, like, we're in 2019 now, and the streak was broken in 2014, it makes you realise how long ago it was. And yeah. two, Brock Lesnar had been around the back in the WWE two years prior to this. So Brock Lesnar's been having his reign of terror for seven years now. <laughs> and he's not improved one bit. <laughs> if anything, he's got worse. Got worse. Just fucking retire, man. Jesus. But yeah, we this is this is this was WrestleMania 30 or the Daniel Bryan show was about. So this is the WrestleMania I picked for our favorite WrestleManias last year as well. Um, because for some reason I thought it was good, but in hind, in obviously you know must have been like I don't know what tainted glasses I was wearing. Oh, how we ruined it for you! Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. No, more like you've opened my eyes. Um. <laughs> But yeah, WrestleMania 30 had to have a huge moment or two. Daniel Bryan beating the odds at the end of the streak. We had Cole, King, and JBL on comms. In hindsight, I was like, literally put dot, 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 ew. (laughs) 
yeah, no JR for this is quite disappointing. Yeah, you had what was it? The this this match needed JR. This it match had to have JR. They had to pay him a million dollars to get him to do this one match. End of the day, it's going to be an iconic moment. If you can, you, you got. We all know how this match ends up. It's Brock Lesnar, for fuck's sake. If you watch wrestling, you know where the streak ended. So there's no spoilers here. You know, you know the streak ends. Well, and just to cut to how this this comes to happen. So going to the 24th February episode of Raw, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out voicing complaints about uh, Lesnar not having a title match at WrestleMania. So. The authority come out and challenge the offer a contract to anyone to face Brock Lesnar. Uh, Taylor comes out, confronts Lesnar. Um, Lesnar signs the contract. Lesnar ha- uh, Taker even sorry accepts the challenge by stabbing Lesnar with a pen and chokes on him through a table. As you do. As you do. But yeah, uh, we obviously we had the promo, like you say, showcasing the streak, and then you had um, oh, Heyman. Oh, so he said Heyman is amazing at promoting talent with the, and he, he brings up Eat, Sleep, Conquer the streak. Yeah. Heyman's just fucking godly when it comes to promo. Let's be honest. Mm. Yeah, he he makes this build. He does. He really does. He does. I mean, like I said, if memory serves, everyone thought the streak could be broken by Les, but no one actually did. No one actually thought that they would do it. Yeah. You know, so it was like Jesus Christ. Right. Um, to be honest, part of me almost thinks that they could. They, sh- they just should have like not let Lesnar go on it, but. Like it's a bit. It's a bit earlier. Like I think it's before this where. Lesnar's feeding with John Cena, and he's like, "I am going to make him piss himself. I am going to beat <laughs> and like, and he's like, I am going to just murder him. Basically, you cannot stop me. And I think that part of this, like, though Heyman is absolutely brilliant. On don't get me wrong, and they they get across all of like the the marketing for the WWE and stuff during this promo. You know, the eat slim conquer repeat." And whatnot, but do you not think that because he because he does an interview that we've spoken about previously on one of the podcasts after after this match or way after this, and it's like, do you think that it was booked for the street to end and you know that Brock Lesnar was supposed to go over and you know pin the Undertaker at the end or? Do you think that he intentionally gave the Undertaker a concussion and pinned him because he's Brock Lesnar and he can do whatever the fuck he wants? Yes, we did discuss this, didn't we? Yeah, I'll leave that to you. And I almost think you could have you could have just said that in this you could have said that in this promo and it would have been so much better. It just gone. Well, he's Brock Lesnar. You're. An old man who's wrestles like once a year. If Brock Lesnar wants to murder you, Brock Lesnar will murder you. Yeah, Brock. If Brock Lesnar <laughs> off your skull and I fuck you, he's going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
that would have been a really good build to be fair because you'd have just had Heyman sat there like cut into or like him watching the screen of like Les destroying someone and like saw that voiceover of like if Brock Lesnar wants to hurt you he will hurt you if Brock Lesnar wants to like break you he will break you if he wants to submit you he will submit you and then just finish it with like if Brock Lesnar wants to beat you he will beat you or so yeah. if Brock Lesnar wants to break the streak he will break he will end. yeah he'll break the streak that's fucking brilliant Right. It's like I'm Brock Lesnar. I will do what the fuck I want. Right. Oh. So. Yeah, that's it's 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 salivating. I mean, as good as the promo was, I thought it's salivating what it could have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, this, they could have gone so many directions, but that just shows you how good Heyman is. Yeah. It's like you know for a fact he could have pulled that off, but just because he was told not this is what he's got to say, this is yeah. what he's going to do. But you know for a fact if he wanted to say that, he'd have fucking said it. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean it's it's just not that. It, I mean this is obviously the promo. I'm not, I don't even know if it is written for him. It probably isn't knowing Heyman, but it's just he's done. You know the the promo is excellent and it's does everything that the WWE want it to do. But it just would have been nice for him to go that other way on it and just be like, it, you know, if Brock Lesnar wants to end you, Brock Lesnar will end you. Yeah. It's like one of my first notes I've put about how bad the commentary is. But the one problem is the commentary is attempting to blur kayfabe in real life because they talk yeah. about Lesnar's real life fighting achievements, like being the UFC champ. You know, like, you know, being an NCAA Division One champion, you know, and stuff like that. But they talk about how great the Undertaker's streak is and how, you know, the Undertaker is, you know, he's undefeated at WrestleMania and as we've seen, nobody can keep him down. Um, But that, that, that's, that's all written and he's, told to win Brock Lesnar went and murdered people right I don't know if any of you I, I, mean, I know Coxie's seen a couple of his UFC fights I don't know if you've seen any of them Paul I've um, tried UFC I've not, I mean I've tried you watching UFC I've not seen any Brock Lesnar matches but uh, it's, like, it's not for me yeah well like if you take take the fight where he wins the title for example and only his third UFC fight I think it is He's fighting Randy Couture, who is a, a legend in MMA. Uh, you know, 20-year veteran of the sport type of thing. Olympic wrestler. Um, and was an older guy in his 40s at the time. Brock Lesnar outweighed him by nearly, like, 40 pounds. That's something ridiculous. And literally just manhandles him until he can't fight back. And I just look at Undertaker and I think, yeah... He could do that to you so easily if he wanted to, and it almost looks like he does. <laughs> he, uh, this whole match, I mean, we can go over the match if we want to. We can go pick it apart, hold for hold, and this side and the other. But I do want to say first of all, just as a quick note, uh, before we jump into the match, Brock comes out first, yeah, yep. and Taker this time have the Druid theme, 
yeah. cuts between caskets of each victim and vignettes of over the years. Yeah. Foreboding much. <laughs> but um, what you've also got to remember as well is the Brock Lesnar comes out, nothing special, mm. nothing like extravagant. He comes out wearing his shorts, Paul Heyman's walking next to him, giving him advice, talking to him, picking him up, downplaying The Undertaker, which sells Lesnar for being all business. If you'd give him a big elaborate entrance, I don't think it would have worked. Giving him the standard entrance, he's like, right, he's here to kick the living shit out of Taker, and that's all he's here for. Oh, yeah, that's all it should have been, really. Like, yeah. Lesnar sort of like, I don't want anything special, I just want to walk to the ring. Because at the end of the day, I'm, just, I'm here to just beat him. Yeah, I'm here, I'm all business. That's yeah. all I'm here to do. I'm just here to kick kick ass and chew bubblegum, but more like a bubblegum. Yeah. If we're going to use the wrestling terminology, sort of like sort of quotes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we like I say, we can pick apart the match if we want to, but 90% of the match is Brock Lesnar kicking seven chains of shit out of Taker. This is the problem. It's a lot of. Yeah. It's suplex, bit of Taker, another suplex, F5, bit of Taker. Take that's in cost. A lot of Lesnar finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really slow as well. Like, really slow. Yeah, I mean, when Taker does fight back, it's brief. And it's yeah. really brief. I mean, you get Taker a little bit in control on the outside, and you go, you do the, you get the occasional, like, um, you get the occasional signature spot, like the guillotine leg drop and snake eyes and things like that. But it's literally, that is it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do, I do like. Uh, sorry, to jump in, but I do, I do like. Hey, Heyman's here again, giving talks, and you were two seconds away. You were one yeah. second. You were half a second away from breaking the street, bro. Keep on him. Keep on him. You were half a second away. It's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get points to the match where Taker doesn't even get off his fucking get onto his feet. I mean. Yeah. There's a. There's, 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 there's bits where Taker's actually on, he's on the floor. I mean, JBL even points out that, J, that Taker hasn't even been on his feet for five minutes. Yeah, he does. And all it, of his on all of his offense was off his back. Yeah, it's really dull. Well, whether this is because Taker is concussed or not, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It got 100% is. I'm telling you now, it will it's, be. It's... It's so slow and so like the 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 try to describe it as like methodical and like he's picking them apart, but we know Brock Lesnar and we know that he doesn't need to, so there must be another reason for it. You know, it's not like he's picking them apart by suplexing him twenty odd times. You know, it it comes, it becomes. Um, I'll. I'll walk over to you over here and I'll kick you a couple of times and then I'll take a either stumbles over or crawls over to another corner. Oh, I'm going to kick him in this corner and you know there's there's not there's nothing going on. I mean um, th- there's one point where uh, Taker pulls out the Hell's Gate like out of nowhere 
type of thing. And Lesnar just picks him up and slams him. But it's yeah. like, and that that makes sense. But what really pissed me off is Lesnar selling that fucking crappy submission pisses me off. Because <laughs> he get he, he gets out of it, and then he gets caught again straight away. Taker just drags him into it. And so when he hits uh, the take, he goes does like his own Kimura or something. Oh yeah, garbage. <laughs> yeah, it does look like shit. The pro- like okay, I I get it. The com- I get the idea of like using you know bringing in like that you know the Kimura from MMA to try and legitimize Brock Lesnar a bit. But when the wrestler guys start doing it and they don't really know what they're doing. And it's quite clear that they don't know what they're doing. I can't believe that, especially on Lesnar, that it's going to work. It's, you know, Brock Lesnar is not stupid. You know, he is actually good at this mixed martial arts thing, you know, as as noted by his accolades. So, you know, when a guy who has no training whatsoever, yeah, I, I, I don't believe it. And I can't, I can't suspend my disbelief to get past that. It, it, I felt like it really, it really hurt this match, to be honest. Not, not that you could hurt it much more than it already was. Yeah, it's not really much of a match, is it? It's more take as a fucking punch bag. Yeah, Taker gets wailed on for like twenty odd minutes. Yeah, like you say, he doesn't, he doesn't get to his feet for five minutes of the match. I mean, what, yeah. what can you say? But Heyman makes this like absolute golden parts. I mean, there's a point where Taker signals for the choke slam, and he gets uh, Brock Lesnar gets nailed by it. But you can yeah. hear Sh- Heyman shouting in the background, "He's poised! He's poised!" and <laughs> just gets nailed. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's. I enjoyed it that part of it, but the action itself it was all so one sided. It was. Yeah. yeah. Didn't enjoy it. It was um The thing is you could say like the Triple H matches towards the end have been that one sided, but like then Takers pulled it out right right at the end type of thing. You know, that he he, he seemed o- overly vulnerable in those to me. Mm. But in this there's no weapons in this either. There's no there's not a lot. It's I mean, it's, I, think I, not, can, it's, I think I counted what two suplexes. This is it. Three? I mean, there isn't there isn't much of fight back from Taker either. He may as well be fucking last Joe. Yeah, you know it's it's not good. I mean, he's just a fucking put like I say, he's just a punch bag for twenty five minutes. That's all he is. I mean, you guess the old signature it. Yeah, but it's it's. Yeah, there was non-existent pace, especially towards the end. Yeah. Both got well, I would say, obviously, Taker fucking probably doesn't know where he is. Lesnar's gassed. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not fun. I mean, I've even, I've written a note here, like, right towards the end. In the corner, Lesnar goes up for the 10-punch spot. Can you say last ride? Connects. Yeah, it's sort of sort. Of, yeah, it's, it's so telegraphed, in, and it's a sort of last ride. It's it's a weak last ride. Yeah, I mean, again, the ending the ending is made by Heyman, 
Right? Taker somehow hits a tombstone and gets two, but Heyman is freaking out. He's like, no, no, no. He's like terrified that Lesnar's just got beat. And Lesnar yeah. kicks out and he's like, heads in his hands. He's like, mouth agape. Can't, he can't believe it. And yeah, Taker goes for another reverse step five, but it's over. And again, even then, it's made by Heyman. The crowd and Heyman make the ending what it is. Yeah. Lesnar doesn't do shit. Heyman go like with the oh my god, you did it, you did it, like giving him a hug and everything, and the shocked faces in the crowd make it. I remember Heyman literally like, scrambles into the ring. He's there in the corner, like head in hand, like shocked. Yeah. yeah. Crawls over, starts hugging Brock like they've like like they're in a fucking like butt trench or something in World War Two together. And Lesnar yeah. the entire time just going, like he's having like some sort of weird spasm. Yeah. And the entire time Brock is like, not Brock, Paul's going, you did it, you did it. And it cuts like, thingy shocked face guys. Oh, Ellis Miller. I put the crowd out now to react. There were some shocked fans, some are cheering, some are crying. Yeah. Um, The comms are silent as well. It's a nice touch not to play Lester's music to allow the reaction of the crowd to come through. Yeah, and then it hits. <laughs> yeah, and then Taker's laying in the ring at the <laughs> Brock and Heyman walk back. Taker sits up to Undertaker chance. Crowd even and cops paint. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, even what's the name? The uh, ring announcer sat confused by it because it's sort of that delay where he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, you're winner of the match. And then there's like a good three or four second pause. He just goes, Brock Lesnar. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sounded confused himself. He's like, you, you've just watched this yourself. Like, I know you're possibly in shock because you weren't told the ending, but you still have to... Yeah, yeah. That, still that do your job. Confusion, like... You see, on, but this, this, again, this feeds into what Lesnar was saying in that interview. You know, maybe he wasn't supposed to win. And maybe the commentator, the the ring announcer, was told the Undertaker was going to win, and maybe that's why it took so long for them to play the music, yeah. because Brock Lesnar went out, thought, nah, fuck this shit, actually concussed the Undertaker, beat him down until the point where he couldn't kick out, and then went back and flipped Vince off, because that's something Brock Lesnar would do. But we don't yeah. know. <laughs> we don't ever know. What we do know is some people in the crowd are absolute knobheads slash comedy geniuses. Because obviously it's quiet. Everyone's doing the standing applause. Everyone's doing that. Someone in the crowd decides to shout, you suck, boo, right at Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> to which I put fucking lol. I put, WWE, why you no edit this out? Iconic moment ruined by some moron. Yes, it's funny, but it fucks up the moment. Yeah. Surely, obviously, you can you can edit it out afterwards. Obviously, you can't do fuck all about it being on the live broadcast, but surely you, you've managed to edit out Metallica music. You've managed to edit out swears. You've managed to, you know, do all sorts, but you can't edit out some one person in the crowd going, you suck, boo. 
It's it's one of them. It's whether they whether they've scanned it that much. You know, if they know that they, oh well, this entrance has got uh, Metallica on it, and we don't want to play that, so they'll go and find it and you know edit that out. You know, um, it's like anything to do with you know they edited all the Chris Benoit stuff, so that there's yeah. nobody like you know the commentary isn't made to seem like it's supporting him in any way, but. I get it. They know where that's going to be. You know, a random guy shouting out in the crowd, then it's a bit difficult to, I, I can imagine, to find. Like, Cox will tell you how, about editing. He always complains yeah. about He always complains about editing. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, caskets? When you when you do Edson Bunkle, then you can fucking complain about it. Well, until then, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I can yeah. complain. Right, so we're going for caskets, are we? Yeah. Right. Match rating, I've given it a one out of five because it was one-sided. But that being said, I've put the match itself wasn't fantastic. The the story was this is quite a lengthy one, so just bear with me. But the story was half decent. This media match will not be remembered for the action in the match, the selling by Taker, or the focus attack by Lesnar on Taker's legs. It will be not remembered for the story that was told. It will be remembered for the three F5s it took to bring Taker down. The Cole quote and the bulging eye dude. Maybe Heyman's reaction at the end, but that that may just be me. It has been asked to be acknowledged as one of the most important moments in WWE history. And thus this match is a must-see. But it does not automatically make this a great match. Considering who we had on commentary, it was actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting. In fact, borderline good in parts. The match itself was very meh, which I will rate it for, but I will also rate for the impact of this moment. It's only had Taker's career going forward, but Mania in general, as I feel Mania lost some of its shine, no longer having the streak as a showcase match. So the match rating itself, I gave it as a 1 out of 5, but for impact, I've given it 4.5. So Mania's not felt the same since. Yeah, I'll give it that. Um, for the match itself, I would um, I do lean towards like a one because it was just it was what it was. But then sort of Heyman did sort of save it in a way. Yeah. Um. Like. Yeah. Just. It was a surprise. I think that anyone who watches this match and then watches the that uh, snippet of Heyman at the uh, inside the rope show where he's talking about it, yeah, like it's conspiracy or whatever. It's like there's three people who knew how it was going to finish or whatever, and it's like, well, then what if Brock Lesnar just said, "Fuck that, I'm going to do my own thing." Like, what can you do? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Paul Heyman made this match good, but you know it it could have been a lot better. I think the obviously the the concussion didn't help. No, but it is what it is at the end of the day now. So this is it. It's in the uh, annals. I think I think I've been overly generous now. 
Um, looking at my rating, you guys, uh, I, I gave it a two and a half. Mm, I could understand um, why, though, to be fair. My, I mean, I'm kind of based on, I never expected Taker to do anything in this match. Um, I think it should have been 10 minutes shorter than it was. And basically, Lesnar should have come out and murdered him, which yeah, kind of what happened, but it just took too long to do that. Um, you know, I let's say the the importance of the match itself can't be understated. I'm glad that the streak ended. I think they mm-hmm. did it well. What did we, we got? What? Eight matches too late. Um, I think the ideal time to do it would have been with Randy Orton and the Legend Killer gimmick. And that yeah, could have carried right. on for life. And then I didn't have to sit and watch the fucking Viper bullshit that we've got now. Um, <laughs> which is boring as fuck. But I also don't feel like I miss it. Like every match, I've, like Taker's been at every WrestleMania since, and at every single one, I've hated the match that he's put on. The, there is his, at this point, it was, it was done. He was done, and he should have, he should have realised that in himself. You know, uh, I understand you keep coming back for the money, and I understand. You know, that he chose, I don't know how much say he had in whether the streak ended or not. Um, I don't know if they gave him creative control over that either. So he might have had the, you know, he might have been, been able to choose his opponents. He might have been able to say whether he won or lost or, you know, I don't, we don't know. All I know is I'm glad it ended. And since then, he's not done anything of note. No. He's won all of his matches at WrestleMania, except for the one with Roman Reigns, which was just like this, but worse, and was a desperate attempt to again try and recreate the Shawn Michaels moment from Shawn Michaels 2, and the, and the moment from the Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match where Michaels did end Flair's career at WrestleMania, air quotes. You know, it's... Yeah, I'm glad it's over. Oh, is that your overall thoughts on the streak? Um, Basically, yeah. My overall thoughts on the streak... Um, what, there are... There are... I would say three matches, maybe, that are, I would say go and search out and watch. Mm. The Edge match, because I thought that was... No, there are four. The Edge match, because I thought that was epic. That was an excellent match. Um, it was well done for both guys. The two Shawn Michaels matches and the Randy Orton match, they are the four top matches in the streak, as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, I can't that. And they are worth watching. There's a lot of fucking shit in the streak. A lot of shit. 
and it show it speaks a lot to Taker's booking throughout his career. It started out with, oh, is this guy bigger than him? Does this guy weigh more than him? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll put we'll put him against them because then it looks like he's an underdog. Mm. And whenever they couldn't think of something to do, that's what they reverted back to. When they had a set goal and they had a storyline in place, probably leading from the Royal Rumble, or the you know they they had a match they knew they wanted to do. You got gold. In terms of. You know, so it it's one of them. Like every every everything where you're going to review 21 matches, it's going to swing in roundabouts, isn't it? But I think there's a lot more worse stuff than there is better stuff in the street. Yeah, that's 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 my closing thought. Anyway, that's fair. So, so, so I got my cock. Go on, Coxie. I was gonna say I feel inclined to agree. Um, it's that thing though for me like they didn't really notice acknowledge the streak till he was what 12, 13, 14 in yeah yeah um, so and then again it's that thing sort of the first few matches again it's like either a athletic guy like Jimmy Snooker or like Bundy Gonzalez oh he's bigger than him yeah yeah jumps forward like he starts getting the title matches against Sid and whoever else then you end up putting against bloody Mark Henry and A-Train and Big Show and Batista it's like well we know you're going to win like for people guys like A-Train and Big Show those two alone is like the believability is lost on me yeah him possibly losing same like Against Mark Henry, the casket match. Right. Literally, if they didn't know what they were doing, coming up like the last four weeks before Mania, if they didn't have a plan, it's you're bigger than him, take on that guy who's a job lover. There's some good came out of it. Like you're saying, like the, the four matches, like, I think. The standout for me is always going to be taking Michaels at May 25. Um, but then you get some to garbage as well. Yes. So. Yep. So right, what have I put? So I I've actually written down what my what I actually thought. Um, so I've put overall, I've put initially, I don't think WWE wanted to give the Undertaker an undefeated streak. Booking decisions coincidentally made this happen. As they reached 5-0, and someone must, have noticed, someone must have noticed what wasn't pushed as such until at least match, the match with Randy Orton at Mania 21, 13 matches into the streak. Due to this, I think it became a huge part of Mania to the point Undertaker only ever had two title matches at Mania. The streak did not need a belt. It transcended belts to a point where the streak became more important than the championship belt at Mania. I say about HBK2, where HBK put his career on the t- career on the line to defend the- defeat the Undertaker rather than pursuing any championship gold. 
I feel like without the the um, streak, Mania would not be, be as big as it became, especially later into the streak due to it being one of the big three matches, and it wasn't always at least wasn't always the least anticipated of the three. Losing the streak for me has hurt Mania and Taker, as people now see him as a part-time performer, before taking up some taking up uh, taking up an up-and-comer spot on the card. Whereas this did not pop up while he was undefeated at Mania. For me, Taker, without the streak, as good as he is, he's just hurting his legacy if he continues and should hang it up. Which I hope he has done now. Love the streak now, retire in dignity. Yeah. That's what I've put. That's my, that's my overall thoughts on the streak. To the point where it was good, it was good to a point, but then it sort of hurt his career in a way because he became synonymous with this undefeated streak. To the point where you kind of booked yourself into a corner where you couldn't put Taker in a title match because it was like taking away one of your big attractions. So, for example, if you put Taker in a title match. You're losing out on a big billing somewhere because you normally you'd have like back when you know Taker was a full time performer you had two world titles and the street match. Mm. But if you put Taker in one of those two got title matches, you've only got two marquee matches as opposed to three. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Which I think they tried with Edge and then they obviously never went back to that. It's that thing for me though, like they had him he lost to Lesnar and then the year after was it it was Bray Wyatt. Mm. Yeah. Which they should have done it a couple of years like before when he like first came in and he was like had those like doing the awesome promos and stuff like when he had the, the little uh feud with Kane. For me he should have been the one that broke the streak. Because yeah. you would have built a built, and you would have you would have pushed a new character at that point. But... See, a lot of people said that, but then the problem with Bray Wyatt is he's come in, he's he was having these promos and stuff, and he was like constantly doing like the attacks, like random like attacks and all that sort of thing. Gets the pay per view, loses. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then ne- next feud, same thing again. Um, True. So it's one of them. I think the streak wouldn't have helped uh, Wyatt at any uh, any point. It would just been one of those things like we've talked about or whatever. And yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. So. So yeah, that was the streak. That was the streak. Yeah. We're underwhelming, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like we've done this now. What do we do? I know. Pubcast. Well, I was about to say yes. We do need to cover our uh, WrestleMania 35 predictions. Indeed. I, I was going to say I'm going to go watch Michael's Take a One again. Um, <laughs> but okay. 
Yes, yes we can do that too. We will be recording our predictions uh, at 1887 The Brew Room in Blackpool. Um, that will be released probably on the Thursday prior to Mania. Indeed. And then it's like resting Christmas. Absolutely. Events coming out your ass everywhere. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah, this this was a this is a very long recording of <laughs> notice. I dare ask how long. You've not got to edit it. Thank fuck I'm not the booker. <laughs> yeah, that's why he doesn't pay us. Or <laughs> <Old> Cuba. <laughs> All right, so oh, yeah. uh, lackluster bombshell. I know. Yeah. So. But yeah, well, it was it was fun. I mean, would I recommend people going through the streak? Um, it depends on the type of fan you are. If you you like one of these completionist types that needs to see all the important bits of wrestling, then I would say yes. But if you're a casual, I would say pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely pick and choose. Some of these matches will put you off wrestling. Yeah, some of them are really bad. But some of them are really good. So it's one of them. Pick and choose what you like. You know who you like to watch. So pick those guys. Failing that... Pick Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is a winner. Yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> so, um, right, uh, give yourself some plugs. You want to go first, Bunkle? Yeah. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Gunpowder Trees and No Plot podcast, where I play the role of the Dragonborn Paladin Rogar. It's available on all good podcast providers, and you can find them on Twitter at Treason No. No Red Scar Cafe. Oh, yeah. If you fancy meeting me, maybe one day you'll find me in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Europe for now. The world. <laughs> See, I'm not used to hearing Bunkle plugs without that you just <laughs> they say all is right in the world now no no i wait for the day i walk into that cafe and bunkles actually just sat there or something like eating some black pudding I was like, holy fuck you're actually here no 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 i'm waiting for the day i walk into the red scar cafe in preston lancashire uk europe for now um and i want bunkles sat there with a 1000 six by fours with a marker pen and no cue. <laughs> <laughs> he has a banner in front of him like Virgil that says LAOW Superstar Bunkle. No, that's say like um, Gunpowder Treason's like podcast superstar or something. <laughs> Bunkle by himself, like his dad going, Come on, we want to go home. <laughs> Oh. 
Oh dear. I suppose I better give myself some plugs, Adna, so we can get the fuck out of it. Um, but yeah, you can um, find me on the RAD podcast. You can find us on Facebook at on not even I'm jumping ahead there. The www.facebook.com forward slash RAD podcast. You can find us on Twitter at UKRAD podcast. We are available on all the good post- podcast catchers out there and places like Spreaker, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Podcoin as well, where you, as you, you know, find this podcast on as well. Um, but you can also find uh, my alter ego at Steve. That's Steve the Portray. Steve, is it Steve GTMP? Steve GTMP it is. That is it. I'm tired. Um, where he's been a little bit quiet recently. But that's not necessarily a good thing. It's all right. New, new quote tomorrow, Steve. New motivational quote for you tomorrow. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Steve. I've got your back. You need some motivation. The problem is this is an answer the Tuesday. <laughs> new motivational quote yesterday, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> And, of course, you can find The Lost Art of Wrestling on all good places, podcast places, and you, including Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and now even Podcoin, where you can be paid in Podcoin to listen to podcasts. You can find any podcast available online to listen, get some coins, and get a reward. Uh, failing that, we're also on Facebook, Lost Art of Wrestling, uh, Twitter, L-A-O-W podcast, and you can find us on Facebook, our main page, Lost Art Podcasting, Twitter, which Bunkle always gets wrong, it's at Lost Art Podcast. <laughs> Crap, do I get it wrong? Yes. My I apologies. Have, I have told you this before. Um, you got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I'll get it right this time, I promise. <laughs> I won't, but I'll try. <laughs> One day I'm going to oh, message you the actual social media, but this is this is what you say. <laughs> Just to get a five. Jason Bunker doesn't need a script. <laughs> to be fair, I have been asked why don't I just record it on my phone and just play the recording? Because I sound the same every time I do it. So I, 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 I may just do that. I would. I'd do it wrong. <laughs> this has been the Undertaker's streak. And this is the road to WrestleMania. And for the last start of wrestling, I've been Coxie. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle. And I've been THG Paul the fat guy for the CFG, sorry. You fucked up. You fucked I did. This is awesome. Oh dear. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we ask who better than Canyon? <laughs> I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? Why? Who will survive?
one thing and one thing only, and that's to be a law enforcement officer. Treat the other people like you'd want to be treated. Try to walk the straight and narrow, because that's the only way you're going to survive in this life. Who will survive? Hold the top, we won't be stopped. We're knowing improved and got the 